1: Hey Kiss Army, this is Tony from Restrained, and you're listening to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. I'm not sure why,
0: but you are.
2: What's up there kiss army Tom and Zeus with another episode of shout it out Loudcast, episode 105 creatures of the night album review time it's that time Tom
3: oh it's a great time oh we love album review time and kicking off 2021 with one of the big fan favorites here creatures of the night gonna be a good one
2: yeah we've been uh, kind of waiting for this one uh, it's going to get a, <laughs> It'll it, it probably should get some, uh, great feedback from you guys. Cause I know a lot of you guys have been clamoring for this one. So we wanted to save it. We had prepared to open the season with it, but you know, when this kiss, uh, live stream opportunity came up, we're like, wow, we got it. We got to comment on this. We got to do this live with Murph or something different, not just You know comment after the show And be like yeah I like when they did this Yeah I like this And I think the format that we used Was something unique for us And different And you can tell from the feedback we got Tom we always usually start with How you doing and all that other Small uh, greetings But I know you're well So I don't give a fuck And that's all all people need to know And I'm doing well too So, But we always start our episodes with Polls Let's talk about last week's poll. Okay. So last week's
3: poll uh, was related to the, the, the kiss 2020 uh, goodbye live stream. Uh, And before we get into the poll and stuff, I just want to make a, just a, 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 an opening comment. We, we are aware that there were some audio hiccups with the episode. We appreciate the feedback. We're aware of that. You know, that's going to happen when you're using some new equipment and you're doing a live stream. You know, we pride our show on, on a great, Audio quality produced show. So we we hope you guys you know you guys powered through some of the audio sh- issues that we may have had during that. Um, we appreciate that, but you guys have been loyal listeners to the show and uh and you and you know that something like that you know the next time we do a commentary uh we will try to address those issues. So uh, we do apologize, but we thank you guys for powering through because we think it was a fun, interesting, and something new that hopefully we can put make part of our uh, rotation. So. That being said, the poll was, we always try to think of something interesting with the polls, obviously episode related. So this one was, what was your biggest takeaway from the live stream concert? And the options were that they added Strutter to the set list, the controversy regarding the blood in lyrics, you know, no blood, the change in lyrics, uh, the pyro, the fireworks, the overall stage presentation, or the Eric Singer fan reaction. And we'll get into that in a minute. So a uh, lot of votes, a lot of interaction, 40%, no surprise, were excited about Strutter being added to the set list, as we were. And again, that was another part of the live stream that I personally liked, was that our legitimate excitement, like, oh, shit, Strutter! Like, that was kind of cool, and I think everybody shared that, too. Yeah. Um, so Blood Lyrics Controversy came in last. Pyro Fireworks Stage came in second. And then the Eric Singer fan reaction came in third, 21%. And I think that the, the, the interesting thing, and Zeus and I talked about this when we put Eric Singer as an option, that there was going to be a little bit confusion about what we meant by Eric Singer fan reaction. And the reason that was an option in the poll was that after the show, there was a lot of chatter on social media, Facebook and Twitter about how Eric Singer looked. If you listen to the live stream, you heard our comments on it, his appearance, maybe his perceived lack of energy. No one is saying anything about his ability to play the drums. He's never lost his ability to play the drums. Uh, But there were a lot of people talking about that. You know, we had that silly looking T-shirt on or whatever the hell he had. You know, if you're going to wear a shirt like that, go to Ed from Click T-Shop and get the real one. But anyways, so some comments on the poll there. And our buddy Deuce, I'm going with Strutter easily. John Gross, I'm not a big fan of any kind of censorship, so that bothered me. But all in all, it was a good show. Lots of pyro, pretty much the same songs outside of Strutter. Uh, Uncle Pauly, thanks to this episode, I realized when I'm down in the dumps and need something to pick me up, there's only one thing that's going
2: to do that for me. Hawaiian punch. Did we make a Hawaiian punch joke during the freaking episode? (laughs) I I, I don't know. Maybe he's making fun of the (laughs) the editing in like, it's not cold gin. It has to be something else. Maybe. Maybe. But he said so many awesome moments from this episode. Excellent. As always, gentlemen.
3: Uh, and then Graham Richley, big fan of the show. Graham, we love you. And he he commented about Eric. He said, I don't get the Eric comments. He sounded great as usual, super reliable, helped carry the vocals as well as drumming. That performance was a real team performance with both Tommy and Eric more than carrying their shares. Graham, we both 100% agree with you. And uh, as I previously said, Eric was added as an option just because of some of that chatter. Uh, here comes our buddy Tony from Restrained. Eric wearing the tunic. <laughs> was odd (laughs) but as you can see he had the actual costume costume on at first then took it off a couple of songs in he had it unzipped the whole time maybe it's just too tight right now hashtag quarantine 15 for the record i voted for the pyro in the stage that was an incredible over-the-top production uh our buddy dave g fireworks and stage were awesome it's surprising that kiss had to change the lyrics and blood spitting to make a country happy strutter is one of my favorite songs If the fans hadn't got used to eric singer by now they never will i love it louder strutter was incredible i stole your love or come on and love me would have been natural but strutter sounded good and loose i agree benjamin laird was asking about eric Th- said he gave a great performance i kind of clarified our comments about that uh zim obvious that the best part was strutter john schaefer strutter billy thomas strutter was great bill elam Uh, he voted for Eric singer. I, I, you know, a lot of people were confused about the, about Eric singer being as, as an option there, Lee Bruton. I love Eric, but he did look like a wax work on the new year's Eve show. (laughs) Great show guys under the radar. I am really not an eternal optimist in general, but I am with kiss. I've been a fan since 1976 and took a decade off from 83 93. And I regret it. Anytime I can see them live is cherished. Then he posted a nice picture of him and uh, his significant other at a KISS concert. Very cool. Thank you. Our buddy Steve talking about the set list. Uh, So yeah, so there's some Twitter feedback. And then real quick, we'll just get into some quick uh, episode-specific feedback um, on the episode post. A lot of people really love the show. I mean, you know, KISS fans got their issues, of course. But, you know, the the show was great. Um, Our buddy Sean DeHaan, he said, Eric, watching footage from 92 to 95, he played a lot more flashy. He just looks bored now. You know, what are you going to do? We said the same thing. Our buddy Lance Lumley said, I'm not trying to hate, but was the director of the concert asleep behind the drum set with Eric? Missed the opening. We'll talk about that. I think Gene is now the best vocalist in the band after watching that concert. Um, Our buddy Tony, again, on an episode specific comment, he says, guys, I really enjoyed this episode. You should definitely do more of this type. And we want to thank Tony and a couple other people out there that said that too. Uh, they really enjoyed that, and we're glad. Again, you know, with uh, some audio issues, will be addressed for future performances like that. But uh, we had a we had a fun time with it, and we appreciate that. Sean, uh, excuse me, Steve DeWood had a good time with the show. Valheria Limera just gave us a bunch of uh, clapping emojis. That was cool. Uh, our buddies, our buddy Costa Vasinus. I think you guys have found something with the live commentary format. Being able to hear the music in the background with your on-the-fly reactions was great. Would love to have you do the same with Coventry or Winterland. Hey, could be pretty awesome. Um, Stanley lives for you. Good job. Love the friends hanging out vibe. Cheers. So a lot of good comments, and we appreciate that from a lot of people. Thank you, guys. We had a great time with it, and um, it sounds like you guys did too. It was just a fun way to do that. Like Zeus said, we weren't just going to do a rev- a review show. We wanted to be there live and talk about it because who knew what was going to happen? So thank you for that.
2: There was one other one that you missed. Okay, I'm um, sorry. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I didn't. I, I I didn't miss it. I skipped it. But go ahead and read it.
2: <laughs> you know me
3: <laughs> because I skipped it because I knew you'd pick up on it.
2: Go. Her poll. It's a new Twitter follower. <laughs> and When you were asking about what things stood out, someone wrote, "Finally, my gut has caught up to my fat face." Hashtag. Don't call me Eater Chris. <laughs> what's, the, what's the Twitter handle? Eric Singer's fat face. Oh, that That is not us. That must That's, be that fucking guy that we were talking about. Yeah. That created the fake ace comment. Yeah. Uh, yep. Sinking Stanley comment. Yep. <laughs> Eric Singer's <laughs>
0: fat face.
2: So before we move over to Facebook, I forgot about this good
3: one from my buddy SV Puga. He said, I loved the episode. I synchronized the video with YouTube and I laughed a lot. It was like being with friends, having some fun watching the show. Thank you guys. Have a great new year. And then, uh, Mark ain't John another wonderful episode. Great stuff, guys. Thank you. As always, we really appreciate that.
2: Absolutely. And you got some
3: stuff on Facebook, right?
2: Yeah. So on Facebook, we got, uh, Steven Stacy. Our band Cheers and Jeers almost always align. Downloading now. I had my own commentary while watching it with no podcast. My wife kept my wife kept looking at me from the next room while smirked love as I boyishly gished. She also asked me, are you sure you're a Kiss fan? When I cringed at Paul's banter, <laughs> I felt like I was on the other side of a looking glass on Romper Room. Oh, okay. Good Romper Room reference. Scott Donaldson. Once again, Enjoyed the episode, Tom and Zeus. Also cool to hear Murph. I thought your running commentary of the event was great and doing it live felt like you could you couldn't overanalyze it. I did decide to stay up on New Year's Eve as I thought initially it was going to start at 3 a.m. I then realized it was actually starting at 4 a.m. Of course that was just the pre-show. Oh. So it didn't actually start till 5 a.m. So you can imagine I was pretty tired by the end of the show, which finished at 7 a.m. Yep. I watched it again later in the day after sleeping. The show was killer. I'm so glad to stay up. Happy they played five songs from the 80s. Favorite song of the night was Tears of Fallen. Now, Scott is the drummer from the... Kis- Kisteria. Kisteria, who dresses up as the Fox. Yep. So he says, Eric looked a little bored throughout. Didn't enjoy the solo. The whole drying his hands during oh. the solo really shows his lack of effort. Gene, as usual, kicked his ass. No, kicked ass, not his ass. <laughs> and loved War Machine and really thought the intro to God Without the Blood looked awesome. Tommy mm-hmm. was professional and did a great job. Paul is the ultimate rock star. And other than a couple of cracks and a few screams, he was great. Great way to start the year with a Killer Kiss concert followed by S I O L. Nice. Thanks, Scott. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Greg Gould. All right, Murph. <laughs> All Tim. right, Love Gun. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tim Rawlings. Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll take it. <laughs> Brad Rustoven. Guys, that was fun. Great job interspersing your comments while allowing parts of the KISS show to come across during the recording. It was great. I could really sum up the whole KISS show with one word, strutter. However, here's some thoughts and comments. Overall sound. I thought the sound was fantastic. Gene's bass tone was thick, and the guitar sounded crunchy and heavy. You guys commented on this as well. Without much crowd noise, you could really pick up Gene's, oh, yeah,
0: in between
2: songs. Overall stage, it looked great and was massive. They used 17 pods during the first North American leg in 2019. Since then, they've only been using 11 pods, which isn't nearly as impressive. Even though they had 21 pods during this show, they weren't mobile except the three that came down during DRC. Mm-hmm. And that was disappointing. The mobility of them throughout the normal end of the road shows is a great visual and was missing here. Screens. The video screens weren't syncing up with what was going on live, it looked awkward. Pyro. Overall, the pyro was amazing. The camera seemed to miss some big pyro moments. The Rockets around Paul's mini-stage at the end of Love Gun were awesome, and the Pirates at the beginning of Black Diamond were really cool as well. Drum-rise it. Is it me or the drum riser only going up about 15 feet over the last several tours? With the sheer size of the stage, it should have gone up higher. Looked kind of lame as is. Tears have fallen. Love the extended guitar riff intro. Backing vocals during the chorus was great, as were Eric's lead vocal harmonies. During the second verse, I think one of you picked up on somebody else singing some of the lines. Yep. And it was just basically Eric giving to, uh, Paul a lift, which I prefer. I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was great. War Machine. The riff was especially crunchy and heavy. Unfortunately, they didn't catch the fireball during the fire breathing on the live stream. Hopefully, uh, one of the other 50 cameras actually got a good shot of it. Colgen. Guitars sounded especially crunchy. The fact they were all playing new and different guitars during this song was cool. Gene Thunderbird, Paul Ibanez, P.S., Tommy Flying V. Love Gun, you mentioned this as well. What was with the double vocal during the verses? Was Paul singing over the backing track? All in all, it was an enjoyable event, well worth the 40 bucks. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, buddy. Nice.
3: Thank you. Very cool. Good
2: analysis. Kevin Jepson. Holy shit, guys. This was fun as hell. I was constantly laughing out loud. Let us know when we can order that Eric Singer punching bag from Click T Shop. Poor Eric. You guys were brutal. I love the show myself, but Boneyard on Sirius has been playing it, and I can't listen. Awful. Paul sounded terrible, but add the visuals. I didn't hear it as bad. Gonna watch it again, listening to you idiots. Great way to start off the year. Happy New Year, fuckos. Um uh, it's funny because Kevin was just sending us a text just now about a buddy of his in Australia that for some reason couldn't get our episode. They couldn't find it on Apple iTunes or something. If you guys ever have an issue like that, please feel free to reach out to us. We'll try to find a different method for you to get it. Um he just sent us a, a, another text now that he did get it. So we're glad to hear that. So Kevin, that's great. Um on our shout it out loud cat page our buddy John Hammond also added, yes, yes, and yes. Okay, we'll take it. Good yeah. enough. Tom, our YouTube page has been getting a lot more comments these days. I love it. Yes, that's awesome. Anthony Stratus, Peter Griffin on the drum.
3: <laughs> I forgot about that. When I read that comment, I literally ble- I laughed out loud because I
2: totally forgot that. Now that's gold. Great work, guys. <laughs> Scott Wheeler. Great show, we definitely need more of these Love being able to hear the concert In the background cool. And that's the one thing I do want to make mention I know everybody will say something eh, The vocals, this and this and that But I thought the background of it was at the right level So you could hear it But it's not overwhelming the conversation You could still hear us yes. when we were talking exactly. I thought that worked out pretty well Yep. Um, Marty White I hope the three of you were safe together Chuck 74, ha ha just finished skimming the Kiss to 2020 goodbye video on YouTube, and then this pops up within a minute. Good timing, I guess. Awesome, Devin Dungan. Great episode. Craig Broderick, awesome. I won. What do I win? Oh yeah, comment of the week. Craig Broderick also said, "Guys, don't accept, don't accept mediocrity." We don't. We don't. We yeah, never do. You, we're if we're you've listened don't. to our yeah, if you listen to our show long enough, we don't. No, we're always changing and getting, trying to do and add a bunch of new things. You'll see what we mean. Yep. Um, Tom, you want to go over some emails as well? Sure. A couple of
3: emails here. Our good friend, Angelo Capasso. Uh, happy New Year to Angelo. He says, hi, guys. I actually watched a replay of the Dubai concert with you guys. It was really cool. I felt like I was with you both and Murph. I was amazed how you guys knew the set list exactly. Strutter was a pleasant surprise. Wishing you an awesome 2021. Thank you, Angelo. You're a good man, and uh, we hope you have a happy new year as well. And then we got a great email here. This, uh, these are our favorite kinds of emails. This is from a listener named Raymond Farrow, and he says, love the show. Hey, Zeus and Tom, I recently found your podcast, and I have to tell you, you guys are fantastic. I absolutely love the show. I've been a fan since 77 when I convinced my dad to buy his 7-year-old son Kiss Alive 2 and have been a huge fan since. I've seen them live on every tour since Lick It Up and just can't get enough KISS content in my life, much to the chagrin of my wife. I work in sales, and I spend the majority of most workdays in my car, which is not always thrilling. Finding your show has been an absolute game changer. I started with some of the album review shows and now going through and starting at the beginning. Your approach to the show is refreshing since you don't just swoon over everything that KISS does and approach it with critical minds. Basically, we agree that you can still love most things about the band and still admit that they have cranked out some really shitty songs over the years. The humor in the show was awesome. The I Want You story almost made me wreck my car. I was laughing so hard. The Smashes, Thrashes, and Shit show was so funny, my wife asked what the hell was wrong with me because I was sitting at my desk with headphones on and laughing my ass off. Speaking of shitty songs, I am amazed that the two of you have such differing opinions on what is great and what sucks and how those opinions differ from mine. It's part of what makes it so great and has made me go back and re-listen and rediscover some songs I had written off. I still can't believe that you both hate King of the Mountain, top 10 Kiss song in my opinion, and you love garbage like King of Hearts, LOL. Anyway, just wanted to drop a note. Thank you for the hours of entertainment now and in the future. Keep up the great work. Ray Farrell from Pittsburgh. Thank you, Ray. That Those emails are amazing, and we appreciate it. That's awesome. Thank you for listening, and thank you for taking the time for writing all that. That's a, that's awesome. We're, we're so glad you found the show and you're having fun
2: with it. And that is comment of the week.
0: Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. Ray, you're the big winner. Uh, we'll let you know later on what you've won.
2: You won me saying That is comment of the week Exactly there you go yes Tom one last thing before we move on Sure Uh, I want to read a couple DM's We got Um, We have one on Twitter from fat man On guitar (laughs) no Not fat man on the double bass drums Oh see (laughs) Man I love kiss But that Guinness shit Was just embarrassing Somewhere, Jackie Childs is having PTSD flashbacks to making Sue Mishki try on the bar of the bra. <laughs> oh man, that's a good one. Um, and then also we got Jeff Trot on Facebook DM. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> Every time Zeus says "heavy mayo, I laugh out loud. No emoji BS. Or LOL. I literally laugh out loud. Happy New Year. Who? Heavy Mayo?
0: Who? <laughs> Ray?
2: Also known as Heavy Mayo? <laughs> yeah. Also known as the lesser half of him in Sue, his fiance. And uh, if, if I was to tell you how many times he has sent us uh, some sort of a tweet message or something about Meeting up with us and drinking at the outdoor venue from the area that we go in, the concerts that we go to, which is now called the Xfinity Center. And he uses, like, the name Great Woods, which was, like, the name of the place, like, six different times, names ago. Yep. And he still calls it Great Woods. Yeah, he's always getting brought up. We love him. So, yes, I'll say it one more time for you. Heavy mayo. And Jeff likes to send us photos of the Ripper too. Oh, um, God! And asking, "Is this the Ripper?" And we're like, "Yeah, that's yeah, the Ripper." And I've
3: mentioned it before too. Jeff Trott he does awesome Kiss live auctions on those on the Facebook group for uh, Kiss live auctions. Check out Jeff's auctions; they're really good ones.
2: Yeah, and uh, that was David Downing that Kevin uh, steered in our direction. He just sent us a DM thanking. Oh, us cool! Nice. About listening to the Dubai commentary show right now. Uh, that Kevin sent in the right direction. That fucko Kevin Jepson. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so Tom, that was our uh, kiss feedback from the previous episode. We we we've kind of talked all about it. We I want to kind of move past it, but yeah, you know, we, we we all know what we felt about it. So yep. Now, Tom, let's uh, go on. What's going on with Kiss World? Not a whole hell of a lot.
3: Um, You know, just people still chattering about the show. Uh, The one big thing that people who listen to our show have probably seen, I'm sure, on uh, Twitter is the return in full force of the one and only pandemic. Paul, he has taken off the makeup and the platform boots and has reestablished his identity. He is back, baby, and he is not afraid to let you know that he is back his tweets and his stuff have been off the rails, not to mention the ridiculousness that he did yesterday (laughs) where he posted, he tweeted out today and tonight, share photos of what you made for dinner. I always read your replies. And this
2: is another way we can spend some time together and we can all use that. And then later on. Yeah. Wait a minute. There's no way he reads everyone's replies. No, because half of them are people, idiots like the guy that, who shall remain nameless who who boasts constantly boasts about yeah i got blocked again by using this fake fucking id and if that wasn't bad enough he then followed that up with
3: wow thank you all so much for sharing with me i loved everyone because you took the time to send them and some made me very hungry
2: what why why well maybe next week we can share a haiku together and we can all sit down and enjoy them together. (laughs) And and this all comes off the heels of his
3: original, uh, tweet of awesome dinner, rigatoni with mushrooms, (laughs) onion, tomato, garlic, (laughs) fresh basil, oregano and rosemary, (laughs) salt, olive oil, vegetable stock, Calabrian chili, Marsala wine, butter, and a touch of cream and Parmigiano Reggiano. (laughs) Crazy good. Shout out.
1: Um, got olive oil here. Put a little in your pan. In there. And you want to throw in your prosciutto.
3: Dude, first of all, I, that literally looks like takeout from the 99. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: 99 restaurant. You'll always come back for more. Next up on the sports huddle.
3: If If the Red Sox
2: win, the kids eat free. (laughs) He got that from good times in Somerville. (laughs) The Buffalo Wings (laughs) are the best. Um. Ladies night! (laughs) If you went to... If chances are, if you went to good times in Somerville, if you went there more than three times in your life, you've been stabbed.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
2: I I, I used to go there, but, but...
3: I I, I don't want to get too specific on why I stopped going there (laughs) somebody probably got shivved when they were there
2: put it this way those pool cues became weapons after a while Okay. fucking good times no not the series with JJ we're talking about the pool hall Pico Stanley posted (laughs)
3: pictures of his Calabrian chili oh my god
2: (laughs) This is my homemade recipe of pico de gato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, <God. laughs> Pablo Stanley. <laughs> Anyways, so he's um,
3: back. But other, other than that, there's really no kiss news, but we, we might have something going on and shouted out
2: loudcast news. Am I correct yeah, with that, yeah. So, a couple things were, you know, we talked about it. Uh, we've been kind of hinting at things coming along for us. Uh, we hinted at it a little bit last week. We've introduced a couple new segments. Uh, one of the things that we're going to try to do for this year. And, uh, we kind of held off a little bit, but as we've kind of realized the amount of effort and work and stuff that goes into it and the equipment and stuff and, uh, things that we could probably use and help to build the show bigger and better. We, uh, you know, reached out to certain people to ask for some, uh, Feedback and things like that. And what we've come to decide to do is to open up our own Patreon account.
0: Nice. All right.
2: uh, We're not going to hit you over the head with it every single time, every five seconds. But we want to let you know it's there. And what is a Patreon account? That's where uh, people can help out the show by donating a value of whatever kind of dollar amount you want to. And you basically get something in return. We have set it up. You can go to Patreon.com P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com You can use the app Patreon or In any of our episodes it will be In the episode notes a link to our Patreon uh, Page and in there you'll see We have four categories of course Tom And we're like okay what are we going to do We're going to name them Love Gun Destroyer uh, like Why are we overthinking it
0: Because that's what we do
2: and we're like, why isn't it just Paul, Gene, Ace, and Peter? I'm like, well, wait a minute, do we put Eric? On? I'm like, fuck no, not over Peter. Let's kick Ace out. And you're like, you're nuts if we kick Ace out. Can't yeah, kick so, Ace out. So I'm like, okay, so we'll stick with the original, and that's why we did it, and we all love Eric, but we're gonna stick with the original. Then it goes to different tiers. Each tier that we have will allow some sort of interaction with you guys. So it's not like, hey, thanks, see you later. It's thanks. Here's what we'll provide. So we're talking about things like um, a T-shirt on the final level, uh, inside information about next week's uh, episode, um, involvement. We ask your opinion. What should we do next for our topic? You know, stickers we can send out. There's uh, polls that we're going to be doing, and there you'll see the list. Each each tier has a different um, uh, uh, items that uh, we you know we offer. And we hope you just take a look at it. Again, you just go to basically Patreon.com or Patreon, the the um, the app, or you can, uh, you'll can you find it on the episode notes when you download our podcast.
3: And any money, like Zeus said, it goes towards the show. I mean, if you guys have listened to other podcasts, Patreon is becoming more and more popular as the podcast medium becomes more popular and you know a little bit more financially involved as well whether it be equipment or a microphone or software or uh, whatever you want the, the money isn't going to go towards uh, you know peter north's greatest hit dvd <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, it might, might. it, it, it might. might need that for for research <laughs> yeah that's if it's research I, we might need that <laughs> We'll have to get John Holmes' greatest hits again. Exactly. And, and listen to Tracy Lords go, I was drunk oh. off a cock. <laughs> right. Exactly. And we might
3: need that if we want Tracy Lords on the show.
2: Yeah. But, like-
3: but, but generally Tell us about your fine
2: and act acting uh parts please. exactly,
3: but generally speaking that's what it is and and you'll see all the information about the tiers, the amount of money what you get in return, like Zeus said some of the the higher tiers you know you, you this involvement you know you help us pick what our next album review might be uh different things and it's and it's all fun, and nobody is under any obligation, but anything anything would help uh, we know that you guys are big fans of the shows, and anything would be unbelievably appreciated at any level. Yeah. Um. So it's just something that we wanted to open up another example of just trying to make you guys part of the family. And that's what that is.
2: Yeah. And so one of the last things I just do, do want to mention, though, Tom, is one of the things we're looking forward to probably doing is setting up a website. Mm-hmm. It, th- the biggest thing killer for us right now is we have all these ideas, all these things we want to do. But, you know, we have lives. I'm a single dad. Uh, Tom is, you know, married with a child in in high school. We have lives to do. I've got to stop what I'm doing from real work and supporting my family to do this. And I'm not complaining about it. I'm just telling you that's the reality of the situation. But there are things that I would like us to do, Tom, and you know about this because we've had these discussions, like, for instance, create a website. Well, you know what? Doing the website, it's going to take time and effort. And who's going to run it? we have a hard enough time running our social media right now so a lot of these things and that's what we thought about like okay and when we were brainstorming some friends and stuff they you know patreon was one of the items that came up and i do want to mention though tom one of our other last items that i do want to discuss that we do have on there and please again check it out and you'll see if you like anything there is we do have something where we're going to be doing a. Uh, uh like a video chat with people to talk about whatever topic they want like q a about a specific episode or specific mm-hmm. topic and uh that's one of the options in there that we can do with them yep. so take a look let us know and uh we hope that uh we hope you'll participate but more importantly It's now album review time Tom, when we started talking about doing album reviews And one of the album reviews that I thought always in advance Was going to be, you know, one of the main Or favorite possible album review of all the Kiss fans out there Is obviously Creatures of the Night
3: Oh yeah, and not just because it's a fan favorite, but there's a lot to cover. Uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes in intricacies, uh, band members, you know, who participated and what. So there's there's a lot to go on here, and we thought like like, like we said, kick off the new year with uh, with one of the good ones here. So uh, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm sure everybody is interested in uh, what is going on with Creatures of the
2: Night. Yeah, so Creatures of the Night, Tom. We're talking about the band coming out of. Number one best selling album history And that is music from the elder Ouch (laughs) Yikes Yikes. So The band is at a point where The elder flop there is Really no tour Ace is like I'm the I'm getting the Fuck out of here Bill of coin is now gone They've decided to move On from bill And they're kind of Probably second guessing themselves at this point, and they got to come up with something different. You would think they could have taken off the makeup now, but they decided not to, and so they went in to for this album with the wink, wink, similar to Peter Chris being on Unmasked. That Ace's wink, wink part of this album. Now they did some promotional stuff for this. Uh, he's listed on the album. As a member, he did some tours. He did the video for I Love It Loud, but by all accounts, he was gone. He was leaving. Um, there is rumor that he did put some effort into. I guess Michael James Jack said some of his work might be on the album, but Ace himself and the band members have said he didn't do anything, he wasn't part of it. So all this is going on, they're at their lowest point again, and they pull this one out. Pretty, pretty, pretty impressive
3: yeah the, the, like the, there's a lot there's a lot of moving parts here you know like you said they got they they severed they they severed ties with everybody that was kind of connected to them with the elder they kind of wanted to start fresh because of how f- how how far they fell with the elder and it, it's sad that they had to move on from Bill of coin but that's what happens in business um Zeus mentioned the idea of taking the makeup off uh, Paul is on record as saying that he wanted to take the makeup off he was pushing for it and gene was like no we're not doing it right now we're not doing it uh so they stuck with the makeup Um, And the the big thing about this album is who played on it. Some of those questions we're going to try to answer Mm -hmm. the best of our ability. uh, But the big thing is Ace. You know, Ace is on the cover. Ace didn't play. They had a lot of people filling in for him. Uh, We'll get into the specifics of that. You know, I think there was also some thought that maybe Ace would come around and be able to remain with the band and maybe tour with them.
2: And when that didn't happen, you know, they went to his replacement. Well, I think before we, you know, when we usually start, that's a little bit of the background, but when we usually start with these album reviews, we always start with how did we come into the record? So I could tell you this, Tom, for me, I was too young. I did not catch any of this when in my first incarnation, is that the word I'm thinking of? Okay. Of Kiss. Yep. My fandom and Kiss. I didn't see it. and. So I knew nothing of this. I got this album after I got back into Kiss on my own. And I went to Michigan and I saw my cousin Mike in Detroit and he had Animalize live on. So when I got back into Kiss, I got Asylum, went back up Animalize. Like, oh, here's another one in that track. It came out in 85. Let me buy this album. And I bought the cassette with Bruce on the cover. You have to imagine, there is no fucking uh, internet. There is no other Kiss fan that I had that I could talk to or understand what was going on. By all accounts, I learned that this was, oh, Bruce Kulick is the guitarist on this album. Wow, this fucking album's heavy. I didn't realize it until a lot later. Where this is in their uh, discography, where it falls, that Ace is the real cover. That they had a different cover, and even he didn't play on that album. I, I mean, I was just finding out who was who when I was getting into uh, Kiss again, and uh, and I just had gotten Asylum and Animalize, and then I followed up because my OCD. I got to stop getting all their albums again. I went to Creatures of the Night You know it takes me a while I'm like oh is that that the guy that was the Spaceman and I was thinking It was Bruce I put it on and I will tell you Right now My first instinct Before I even knew there was a video for it Was I Love It Loud I Fucking love that track Right off the bat and I liked the album It was a fucking heavy album I played it on my own I didn't have KISS friends that I could share this with. I just enjoyed it. I liked it. It wasn't until I saw this on Exposed when they did it in Brazil that I was like, holy shit, what a track this is in the KISS career, playing that live. And I'll get into that when we go into that track. So I fell in love with it even more. And then later on, I didn't even realize it. And I think I learned it with you. Shit there's a fucking video They did a video with makeup I didn't even know I Love It Loud They had a video for it I was out of my mind shocked When I heard about it So I've had this In my I guess for Sentimentality Tom To me it came in my second Incarnation of Kiss fandom But it was there From the beginning of the second part So it was probably 86 87 i got into this 85 maybe i bought it and i listened to it but i only had the cassette with bruce on it then i think i remember i found the cassette with the eric Carr in the makeup and i got the cassette with that makeup on the car i was like holy shit what the fuck is this i was shocked And then eventually when all the remasters and stuff came out and things like that, I obviously got it. And, you know, I've been on my rotation ever since. So for me, it's
3: my story is a little bit different with this. So I had, so I had the elder on cassette because I was still the elder came out. I was eight years old, had the cassette. And I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) So I was like, all right, kiss, whatever. And And at that time I was, you know, MTV had just come out in 81. Uh, And I was really into like Van Halen and like early like Def Leppard stuff. And Kiss was kind of like at that time was like an afterthought to me. I'm like, yeah, you know, it was a nice run. But, you know, I still have their old albums and stuff. And then the video for I Love It Loud came on. So you remembered it? I do. I do. I do. I do. And I remember how like just struck by the video i was for multiple reasons first of all the song when you just hear that opening drum beat and we'll get into the when we do the track by track but then the way the band fucking looked and again we'll get we'll get into it but that but then and then i'll be honest with you, i don't even think i ever bought the album because of that i think it was like cool song cool video that's cool and then i just went back to like you know listening to van halen or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and then later on when i really got into like lick it up and you know then heaven's on fire with animal eyes and all that stuff then i'm like okay then i kind of back backtracked a little bit like a lot of kiss fans do and then i got on board with creatures of the night and i did have the the bruce Kulick non-makeup cover And i'm like what the fuck is this i don't understand what's going on with this album cover so that that and then you know we'll, we'll get into all that those details too but that was that's my experience with uh with creatures of the night. And I think it'll be interesting to see depending on the age of the people who are listening, you know, their experience with that, because it is coming off the heels of the elder. And, uh, you know, I'm sure older people were still on board with kiss, you know, but for me, I was a kid. I was like, ah, the us see a light of kiss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that
2: was, that was me with creatures. It's amazing. Yep. It's just one of those things, that whole 85 reissue thing throws it off for a lot of people because there was, that was a down and Kiss. Yep. And the turning point, I believe, was Lick It Up. And all of a sudden, people are like, oh, I can like them again. It's almost like a new version of them without makeup. And then people started going back to the previous stuff and like, holy shit, this album sounds just as good as Lick It Up. What yep. is this? Yep. And they think it's non makeup yep. because Bruce went on it. I, that's how I did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, not the only one. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. it was very yep. confusing. Yep. So, Tom, we talked a little bit about where Kiss was when they created the album. We talked about how we found the album. We usually go into next album cover. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the original album cover. Mm-hmm. Thoughts?
3: Just by far one of the most iconic. I mean, uh, it, with the exception of maybe that trifecta of those comic book covers with Destroyer, Rock and Roll, and Love Gun, I mean, you're talking... Just one of the best, and it's got the fox on it, which makes it that much more iconic. The colors scheme, the eyes—I uh, honestly, I think another great touch is the color of the font of Kiss in Creatures of the Night. That kind of, as Jerry Seinfeld would say, a pinkish hue. Uh, <laughs> I think it just looks amazing. And on the back of the cover, you get the lightning bolts. I mean, what can you say? Just one of the great, one of the great covers in their in, in their catalog by far.
2: I'm with you. I think this is unique. I love Eric's makeup on this. It looks fucking cool. Yep. You can see the friggin' picture of their makeup so cleanly. It's beautiful. Yep. Right? So, the only other close up like this, really out loud, is obviously Dynasty mm-hmm. and uh, the original. Yeah. I would think probably the biggest close up non like photo. Hmm. This might be like the most distinctive.
3: You know, I agree. I agree. I agree. Even I
2: agree. more so, almost than Dynasty. I'm not yeah, because, sure. No, I think I think you
3: might be right because Dynasty is as awesome as that is. It's just the four faces. There's nothing unique about those four faces. This with the eyes and that bluish like tint over them, mm-hmm. and the fact and the fact that they are just flatly staring at the screen there's no growls there's no screams gene doesn't have his tongue sticking out paul isn't making some stupid little lip smacking fucking gesture at the thing ace is surprisingly looking at the camera head on straight which is interesting uh and you got eric you know it's it's his first real close-up uh of his face and it's just just amazing
2: i like gene's photo Uh, so i'll pull up dynasty right now yeah I think Paul looks a hell of a lot cooler because you can't even see his hairdo in Dynasty it's just one big hair. Yeah, Exactly. Yes, yes. But Paul looks cool. The, the eyes, the the bright eye stuff that they did here. Yep. That that effect makes him look cool. Gene looks a thousand times better than the uh, like Oh yeah. look that he has on Dynasty. I don't I don't even know what that is. I like that on Dynasty. Though. It's think, iconic. It's iconic. Yeah. Yeah, but his mouth is open. There's nothing really there. Right, right. Um, versus this one. Look at his face. He's got a scowl on there. It's amazing. Love it. Right. Love it. Yep. And then Eric. You know, I, I, my favorite Peter makeup on a cover is Dynasty. Mm-hmm. And then obviously this is my favorite with Eric. He looks so good in this. Yep. I, I just think it's iconic. It's a beautiful album cover. Uh, I do like the, you know, the whole coloring of the scheme throughout the album, mm-hmm. the lightning on the back and stuff. And you know, on the remasters, we have to say, Robbie Conti does another nice description in the album, right? Really good liner notes inside there. Really good notes. Yeah. Yep. Which is always funny because like, I always like, like he kind of hit some points that may not have been comfortable for the band and all these liner notes for all these albums. Absolutely. But He goes.
3: Yep agreed
2: but uh yeah the album cover is iconic
3: let's talk about the alternate cover too because it is so uh, iconic in its own way you know that 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 non-makeup album cover uh feature featuring bruce Uh, there's a little bit of information that i felt well maybe you can give me a little bit of information so i found a little bit of 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 info on that a little bit of background so the uh the photographer for the for the for the non-makeup cover a gentleman by the name of Neil Zlow Zauer couple Z's in there. Hey, And uh, what he recalls saying is that the band had come to him to do a regular photo shoot uh, for magazines and press uh, for that era of the band. Um, They did not come to him and they say, Hey, Neil, we want to do a new cover uh, for a new version of creatures of the night. They came in and they said, Hey, we have a new member in the band, Bruce. We want to do some group shots for that era. A few weeks later, Neil claims that the band called him up and said, hey, Neil, we're going to re-release Creatures of the Night. And the pictures that you took of us, uh, there's one of them with the sun setting over like a skyline. We think that's going to be perfect for this reissue. Um, and Neil Neil said, to be honest with you, you could say it was an afterthought because we didn't shoot them for an album cover, but they saw them and they said, well, let's use this for the album cover. Now, that's kind of interesting, but the but then you have to wonder, why did they reissue it? And I think that's where the kiss money grab comes into play in my opinion.
2: Yeah, but let, let's let's we'll wait on that. I'll I'll return to that. Okay. Uh, I'm just looking at the album cover. Gene has the animalized awful hairdo wig on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bruce has fucking leopard pants on. Oh, yeah. Eric looks pretty cool. Paul looks pretty normal. The the other than Bruce's pants, they're not wearing anything ridiculous. And Not it's just the, like an album. Yes. It's right. just like, a, like an album. It's a pose. Yeah. You know, nothing special, nothing anti. Right. Now, the only other thing I was gonna say about the cover, Tom, is there was this kind of like a bootleg cover. Do you ever see this? I, I I I I
3: don't own it, but I know people who have owned it and I'm I'm I know where to get it, but go ahead.
2: Yeah, it which has like basically Vinnie Vincent on the cover mm-hmm. and the Ankh Warrior makeup. Mm-hmm and uh that's out there too you can kind of find that one i it's think the, that's, yeah it's it the, it, pretty cool
3: yeah it's the original cover and they have Vinny with the ankh warrior in place of ace and it looks like legitimate it looks awesome
2: yeah you would never know yeah uh, it, it, it except that you know no, it's Vinny. <laughs> yeah. you would never know meaning like if you got the album that that's not the real album cover right right um, but, but it, what, what one of the cool. One other interesting
3: things about the reissue album cover is the reissue back album cover, which has about it. somebody's black leather ass <laughs> zoomed up in front of it. Now, <laughs> <laughs> whose ass is that? Nobody knows. It's a little bit fat in the ass. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's uh it, it, look, if if I know Paul Stanley the way I think I do, he's probably like, put a picture of my ass on the back of that, my leather pants.
4: It's a
2: little bit fat. I would think that's Gene because Gene was in that fat Gene Simmons era. Gene's not putting a picture of his fat ass and leather pants on the back of an album. Put my ass, Gene Simmons, from Kiss. Let's do it. Of that album, it will sell a million copies. Do it for who? The fans. (laughs)
3: yeah nobody knows what that cover is and another thing too i know we talked just getting real back real uh back to the original cover real quick and and i mentioned the back album cover with the lightning bolts that photo shoot that people see when they came out with that poster where it says the loudest band in the world and they're all like standing on like a mountain kind of thing what well, you know the one i'm talking about it's one of yeah. the most i icon- caught oh just amazing they they just looked so fucking awesome at that time and when we get to the "I Love It Loud" video, well, I have a little bit more to say about that. So,
2: yeah, and you can see if you want to as well. A lot of the creatures of the night for the new, uh, the reissue, like photo shoot. There's different photos, and you can see it's the same clothes that they wear. If you can yeah. see that, that photo shoot, if you're interested in looking at those photos, yep. So, yep, that's the other thing too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah the the album itself, Tom. You ready to get into that? Let's do it. Okay. So Creatures of the Night really came from them already doing Killers. Killers was done in Europe. They didn't release it over here. Right. And they added four tracks, all Paul Stanley tracks. Mm -hmm. The producer of those four tracks was Michael James Jackson. Mm -hmm. He introduced them to some people that were songwriters back then. And those songwriters were people that eventually became on this album too. Well, Michael Jap was already on Paul Stanley's solo album, but he had done uh Down on Your Knees, so he was on that album. That yep. um killer's track. And then Adam Mitchell,
3: who is a so, key figure in Kiss and we'll, yeah, we'll get into and that. And he
2: helped with I'm a Legend Tonight and Partners in Crime. So Adam Mitchell comes on and he is uh, he's got a writing partner his name is Private Cusano. Oh, be uh, nice, be nice. Vincent Cusano at the time. And Vinny kind of tries to worm his way in to get to meet Gene. So the story goes. Right. That how do I get to meet him and try to kind of, oh, you're friends with them? Oh, maybe I can be friends with them too. <laughs> yeah. And I
3: think, and it also, it came about too, that Adam knew that, that Kiss needed some help with some song, with songwriting. And Adam, being friends with Vinny, was like, "Look, I know this guy, Vinny. He's kind of a fucking mental case, but the guy is a gifted songwriter, performer. As we all know, as Kiss fans, we know what Vinny can do." Yeah, uh, and and that, and that began the Kiss Vinny relationship.
2: Thanks to thanks or no thanks, depending on how you feel to Adam Mitchell. Yeah, which if you think about it, you got Michael James Jackson, who was kind of a popish guy, mm-hmm. wasn't really doing hard rock music. But he comes in, he brings these writers and these writers also bring Vinny. So Michael James Jackson is hired as the producer of this album along with Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. Mm -hmm. So those are the three producers credited on the album. The album was recorded from July to September 1982. The album is actually released October 28, 1982. Mm -hmm. The reissue comes out 7 1585 and when they did the reissue they changed a couple of the tracks on the album yeah so for some reason satan sinner and killer were swapped when they did the reissue so killer becomes number two and then satan sinner goes to number seven yeah and some of the
3: songs and some of the songs are very very slightly remixed or remastered as well
2: exactly three of them i believe were I think we'll mention them as we go along, Mm -hmm. Uh, which ones were the ones that were remixed slightly. Mm -hmm. The album eventually went gold. It wasn't a good seller when it first came out. They did release three singles I Love It Loud, Killer, and Creatures of the Night. It's the last album for Casablanca.
4: Yes. It's the last
2: album until basically Cycle Circus, right? Mm -hmm. In makeup. Correct. Yep. It's technically the 10th album. And they were going on their 10th anniversary tour. Right? Exactly. Yes. Uh, The album is dedicated to Neil Bogart, who sadly passed away from cancer. Um, And because he passed away, basically in their contract, Kiss becomes a free agent. Yep. So they signed a multi-year deal, made money, and went to Mercury. But Casablanca is still, this is considered the last album with... Casablanca or Casablanca, whatever you want to call it.
3: Exactly.
2: Yes. Yeah. Ace is credited as a member. As we talked about earlier, he was on part of the tours, he was part of the press kit, he was in the video. They used him just like they used Peter for a mast. Yeah, and
3: I think that was that was kind of a business move, uh, you know, because I don't think they. Yeah, it was a business move because I don't. Well, first of all, it was, as we mentioned at the top of the, at the top of the discussion, I think there was maybe a little bit of hope that they could have salvaged the relationship with Ace, and that he could have remained with them when they eventually released the album and, and toured for it. But also, too, I don't think they wanted to. Kind of, Eric had been very loosely introduced during the elder years, and that album tanked. So I don't think they wanted to release. Uh Or kind of have press releases or or video and photo footage of two new band members. So they weren't ready to do that either. They weren't ready to get Ace's replaced. Yes, don't yet. forget,
2: our friend of the show, Joey Casada. Yep. If you read his excellent book, which you know I won't tell him that I complimented him, but his excellent book, he talks about it as the Kiss fan. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he got music from the like Who the hell is Eric Carr? It's not on that cover. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, when he sees Creatures of the Night, that's his first image. Like, holy shit, this is the box. This is who this guy is. This Mm -hmm. must be Eric Carr. That's And that's part of the problem you have is like, shit, do do the fancy two new faces on covers? Because remember, Killers is released somewhere else. Exactly. So what was released prior to that? Unmasked.
3: And that had the the comic strip with Peter. Right. Yeah,
2: exactly. So now suddenly you see two. So mm-hmm. I I get the point. Yeah, me uh, too. Yeah. So again, I, I you know one of the things I, I was going to say is, for, this is also another first, is that this is the first with just Gene and Paul singing. Yes, mm-hmm. which will continue basically up until Hot in the Shade.
3: Right, with Eric Carr and Little yeah. Caesar. Correct.
2: Mm-hmm. Continue for too long, in my yep.
3: opinion. Yeah. Oh, no um, doubt. We've talked about that.
2: Bob Kulick was called in to probably help out most of the guitar work since he had done it on, uh, you know, with Paul. He was so close with Paul. Uh, and he was also all, all over um, Killers. But eventually his stuff doesn't really get credited. And he played on it, but it's really guitar dubs. And there was stuff that I apparently he may have played on Danger. So I don't know what really made it to the album. And this is the kind of shit that annoys me with Kiss. Or someone be like, I don't know if I played on that album. I was banging a fat chick in the back of my car. (laughs) Well, this
3: this album right here, I mean, when you talk about your frustration with ghost players, I mean, this right here is just exhibit A. There, There are some confirmed reports about who played what that everybody knows about. But there are some things when you read about creatures where it's like, yeah, I think. I think Gene played bass on this or I, yeah, I'm not really sure. Cause on, cause on that day when we were in the studio, there was a guy that picked up a bit like, so this is a really frustrating album. If, yeah. if you have an issue with ghost players.
2: Yeah. And we'll mention who we, you know, who's kind of credited, but yeah. Yeah. Don't hold us to it. Yeah, yeah. So the, you know, what was going on at the time is too, is Paul and Gene came up with a theory. Why don't we just audition the people? And when we audition the people to replace Ace, we'll have them play on the record. We'll right. figure it out that way, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what—that's why you have five or six—I don't know—people that may have played on that album. Uh, You—you've got um, Bob Kulick. You got maybe Ace played a little on it. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You've got um, Robin Ford, Steve Ferris.
3: Yep. Steve Ferris. Got- Steve Ferris, who actually had a full-time tryout as a replacement, who was deemed not right for the band by Paul. Uh, but they liked what he did and they called him back, and, and he he ended up doing a lot of contributions on this as as well, along with the guys that you mentioned, Robin Ford and obviously Bob Kulick.
2: Yeah, and you obviously got Vinny, right? Yes,
3: uh, yes, you do.
2: So yep. you have Vinny Vincent uh, yep. as well. And you had a couple guys that, you know, may have played bass on this. I don't know. Uh, do you know who played bass? There's a guy named Mike Porcaro, there's a guy named Jimmy Haslip. It's, it's a fucking nightmare trying to figure this shit out. But regardless, those are some of the things, some of the people that have performed on this. This is also Eric Carr's favorite album. I wonder why, because this is what everybody calls <laughs> the drum album.
3: Exactly. Exactly. In the production on the drums, when you think of Creatures of the Night, you usually think of two different things. You usually think of the cover, and you think of the sound of the drums. And that was one of the big things that Michael James Jackson wanted. He said that, uh, you know, him and Gene were pretty much on a, a mission to find something, uh, you know, to find drums, a drum sound or a drum room uh, that they could do to get uh, to get the sound that they wanted. They wanted a bombastic sound that would take the album uh, to a- to another level. And they worked really, really hard at that. And the details of that is something that we'll talk about uh, yep. as well.
2: And how they came in in into fruition yep absolutely Yep. yep so you ready to start this one let's go first song
3: So Creatures of the Night kicks off with the self-titled song Creatures of the Night. Look, the song is a great opener, killer opener. You know, during the verses, it's pretty simple. It's got that chugging kind of metal melody to it. Um, One of my favorite parts of the song is that little breakdown in the middle. Then it kind of veers off into the solo that reportedly Mm -hmm. is done by Steve Farris of Mr. Mr. So it's it's a good song uh, you know let let's take a let's take a couple seconds here just to get into some of the details about what makes this drum sound the sound that it is you know some of the technical aspects that Michael James Jackson did him and some of the other producers they did some things with Eric where they put him in a completely separate room and they they hooked up microphones that were near him they f- hooked up microphones that were far away from him they put microphones in elevator shafts They did all kinds of crazy production things, and then they were remixed after the fact to get that echoey, booming, bombastic sound that you hear on this album. And they tried to duplicate it again, or maybe they didn't try to duplicate it again. It depends on who you talk to. But that is the iconic sound of this album, and it kicks off right here with Creatures of the Night, the title track.
2: Yeah. So one of the things Gene makes a point to say, when I did a demo, I did it on my four track, I used one of Eric Carr's drum loops that had this big echoey sound. And once I played it back for our then producer, Michael James Jackson, everybody thought that sound would be a good thing to use for the whole record. So in some ways, this is him talking about the making of I Love It Loud, which we'll get into. Yep. I Love It Loud became the spark that lit the Creatures of the Night album sound so it's this uh, i'm only bringing this up because of the uh, so apparently it's not the elevator shaft and michael james jackson yeah it's not eric carr it was me i created i created the heavens and i created the oceans and i created all this planet
3: (laughs) well the other thing gene created too if you look at it in behind the mask so yeah gene also created the name because he said I'm the guy that gave him the James in the middle. Up until then, he was Michael Jackson. You can't call yourself Michael Jackson. What do you want,
2: crack? All right, Gene, relax. <laughs> do you imagine the audacity and the balls to be like, I gave you the name that you use in your entertainment personality came through me, Gene Simmons from
0: kiss
3: it's so so stupid and and then here's another great comment about creatures of the night gene claims i didn't play bass on that song i remember some guy sitting there playing bass and i said gee that sounds good leave it (laughs) (laughs) really you're gene simmons the bass player and and some guys playing bass and you're like
2: yeah just leave it sounds pretty good it, like I can totally picture them playing, and he's like eating wings in the studio, and he's like chewing. Like, oh, leave it. That guy's good. Oh, leave That's leave pretty it. good. It's yeah, it's the wood that makes it good. <laughs> Anyways, Tom, Creatures of the Night, written by Paul Stanley and Adam Mitchell. It was a single. It made it to number twenty two mainstream rock. It was the first single released. Yep. It was also released in the UK, and I think it made it to number thirty four there. Didn't go anywhere. In the U S
3: yeah. And the version on a live three is better.
2: <laughs> Oops. I didn't, did I say that out loud? Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Paul plays the rhythm guitar in the beginning of the song. Mm-hmm. Supposedly Adam Mitchell plays the rhythm guitar in the middle and the end. <laughs> don't even fucking get it. It's so. Eric annoying. is. Yeah. Eric is on the drums. A guy that was in total named Mike Porcaro plays bass. Yes. Uh, Steve Ferris from Mr. Mister lead guitar. And Gene just does backing vocals. So, this is one of the songs that was on the 1985 that was a reissue. Yeah. Uh, the reissue, uh, remix of the reissue was done by David Whitman, who I think later on uh, sings backup on one of these songs. Yes. Uh, and he says the song was just a remix that had a little bit more reverb. You're right, Tom. It's on a live three um it's on the box set it's on chikara it's on millennium it's on kiss rock vegas it and it used to be the opener for during that period creatures mm-hmm. of the night and lick it yep. up mm-hmm. and then it kind of died and then it like not died yet it went to the middle of the set and animalize and stuff and then kind of returned for revenge and kiss my ass tour mm-hmm. and hasn't really been seen since except for on a kiss cruise Which is funny because I think it is a great live
3: song. I think it's got some great energy. I think those verses with the, you know, like that.
2: Exactly. I think it's a a great groove. That's why I love the Alive 3 version. So the drum opening is pretty iconic. Yeah. You know, and then you go right into that. Like you said, that it's almost like you're thinking of uh, uh, I was made for Loving You or something. Um, It's got good lyrics. The backing vocals are good. The guitar is very good. That long solo God bless his soul. You know, Bob Kulik says that's the greatest solo in in Kiss history. I'm like, mm-hmm. let's let's not go overboard. It's a good solo, but Bob yes. used to claim that it was the best that Kiss ever did. No, that's the one where supposedly, remember, we talked about it during our Kiss and Eddie Van ha- and Van Halen episode when uh, God bless Eddie Van Halen, rests maybe rest in peace, t- was talking about maybe joining Kiss or doing something. He was fed up with the band. He was there for all that. And supposedly he heard Steve Ferris's solo and said, "Well, why don't you just get this guy to join the band?" Yeah, exactly. And and if you read, um, there's some excellent parts from a previous episode we did. Greg Prado's awesome book, "Take It Off: Truly Unmasked." Find that in a previous episode of ours, where they talk to Steve Ferris. And he talks about, like, his interaction with Kiss, how he, he wasn't even recording. That was the first record he really played on. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know, was he going to get hired? He'd come back. Maybe, you know, maybe you'll be on the band. Maybe you won't. He ended up being with, like, Eddie Money. And then Mr. Mister took off. That's right. And he said later on, he ran into Paul. And Paul was, like, you know, happy for him and congratulated him on the success of his career. Yep. And that they had been keeping up. And he says they're, they're great guys. And they used to hang for a while. But um, it's inter- It's an interesting part in the book and take it off.
3: Speaking of Greg Prado also, Eric- Greg Prado also wrote the Eric Carr story. Uh, and in that book, too, there's tons of information about, about Creatures of the Night and the production. Yep. He talks to Michael James Jackson, uh, et cetera. So Greg Prado, we've had him on the show. He was great. Uh, two great Kiss books for you to pick up, especially if you're interested in Creatures of the Night.
4: Yep.
2: The song was written at Adam Mitchell's house. Paul said he knew immediately that it would open up the album. So basically, I mean, the song is An excellent song, great way to start The album, and uh, It's been, you know, for a while it was a Constant staple. Ready to move on To song number two? Let's do it
3: So, song number two on the original track listing is uh, "Saint and Sinner." Uh, I've always been a fan of this song. It's an it's to me it's an interesting kind of song for Kiss because it's like a shuffle type of a beat. The way the drums are with the cymbals and in the, the rhythm of the song that Eric has throughout it, even Gene's vocals, the way he kind of sings, it, it, it's an interesting song. Um, I, I like the I like the chorus a lot. I think the solo is kind of lame um and if i can make kind of a general statement about about that a lot of my notes here you can really feel the 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 missing lead guitarist on this album you know there's no ace there's no vinny there's no bruce there's no tommy and that comes through on this album because as good as these songs are they're missing those killer you know really identifiable solos and this is a song yeah there's a solo on it but it's it's nothing great. Um, but this is a good song. I think Gene sounds great. I think Gene sounds insane on this entire album. Uh, but "Satan Sinner," I think it's a, I think it's a cool song. I think it's just got an interesting vibe for a Kiss song.
2: All right, "Satan Sinner" written by Gene Simmons and Michael Jap. As I kind of mentioned earlier, Michael Jap was another one of those writers that kind of came into uh, Kiss life around Paul Stanley's album and did a couple tracks and. They brought him in for this. Mm-hmm. Michael came up with the initial chorus riff and Gene added the lyrics and melody. Uh, they worked on it in Michael's home and Diana Ross's house in the record plant and through the phone. The drums, cool groove. I like the vocals. I don't know if that's a shot when Gene says, Ace is high, something. Uh, of course it is. It's got to be. Anyways, I-, I like the outro. No. I'm not gonna die. Yes. No. 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 I like that stuff. Yep. Uh, on this, Paul plays rhythm. Gene plays bass. Eric plays drum. Vinny's the lead guitarist on this. I have to disagree. I I, I think the guitar work on this is awesome because no. I can tell which ones are Vinny's. I and just I, think the. And sol- I wrote this down. Fun solo. I like the solo. Okay. And I
3: didn't I, say I it like was it. bad. I didn't say it was bad. It's just not what okay. I'm used to from a Kiss solo.
2: It's I not- like it. Okay, I, did, I, I like that long uh note hold he does on that. Yeah, oh, it's awesome. Yep. Okay, uh, I think this is a a, a good song. It, it's, it's how can I explain? Uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of it, but I'll come back to it. Okay, uh, I think this is a good song. Okay, song number three, let's go.
3: So keep me coming. Paul says he loves this song because it's got a Zeppelin groove. It was the last song that, he, that they cut for Creatures. He says, I think we were one song short. Okay, well, that doesn't sound like you really care about the song. It sounds you're like, oh, shit, we're one song short. Let's throw something on the album. That being said, I think this song is fucking awesome. And the problem I have with it is the chorus is horrific. It is one of the worst. It and and Zeus, we've said it before, you say all the time, bore us to the chorus. It's got the, this chorus is is so bad. I love the guitars, the way the song starts off. It's got that riff, the way that Paul is kind of singing, kind of squealing a little bit. And then it's got that kind of like little groovy pre-chorus. And then it goes into keep me coming. Hey, you gotta keep me coming. Oh, just terrible, terrible chorus. Um <laughs> It's it's I like it. I feel like the song would have been better served on like I don't know maybe Asylum or or a different album or something. I don't know. I, I like it, but
2: that chorus just I can't get. It's a little radar for love for you, huh? Bingo, you nailed it. Thank you. Yes, yep. <laughs> yes, yes. So keep me coming. Paul Stanley and Adam Mitchell are the writers on this. Paul plays rhythm, Gene bass, Eric drum, Vinny lead. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got two in a row. Yep. I, I you know this is was written at Paul's apartment. The title was Paul's idea. It's a sleazy, fun track. Yep. The drums, the solo's pretty cool, of course. You know, it's it's Vinny. I think he's got that pretty decent guitar. I mean, the the solo, I I, I don't know. For me, I can pick out the ones I like more. Yep. This is to me, this is Vinny at his best, where they rein him in. You don't need to do all this shit. It's the song. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a part about that That comes up a little bit later on. And I feel like this is also Paul's attempt To be Robert Plant totally. Ooh, right here Ooh, right now Like, t- totally That's, I mean, maybe he could have pulled it off His voice was st- still in that in that prime mm-hmm. So he could pull it off This song is kind of like a poor man's The Crunch I Yeah it's a, th- it's, Those are the kind of songs I pictured So that Zeppelin kind of yep. I don't know, trampled underfoot Like, kind of like, I it's a weird I song. Don't know. But it is very Zeppish. Yes. Uh, it's it's not a bad song. But when you think about it when you're right, when you're talking about it's the chorus, it's not a Paul Stanley classic chorus. No, it's just him that,
3: squealing, keep me coming a hundred times. It's like the it's you know what it is? It's like know, the Peter North theme song. <laughs>
2: keep me coming. <laughs> Peter doesn't need anybody. He'll come all night. I <laughs> gotta shoot your face up and next thing you know you got lake michigan in your apartment
3: actually he's on the next album when he does dance all over your face but go ahead
2: uh, like i said like you you won't know he won't stop you can fucking be swimming in 4 feet of fucking cum if you don't oh tell him to stop like That's i said a fucking visual man. Oh. Oh, man what the fuck oh. <laughs> anyway but you know the other problem with this? This is a very similar and I like the song. Yeah, but it's very psycho circusy y to me. The yes. chorus is is just the word, it's just yes. the name of the song. It's right. not the hook where Paul always has a hook. Yep. You know what I mean? That yep. catches you. Yeah, because oh. I
3: think the verses, I think the verses and that
2: pre-chorus,
3: I think are really cool. I think the music kind of rips and he's kind of, he's got that little swagger to him. And then you get to that chorus. is Dude, think you think threw of the towel on that.
2: Think of, think of, all oh, hell's breaking loose. Hey, yeah. hey, have you heard the news? Yep. This is. Keep me and Keep me calm. Yeah. All right. Fucking slow down. We'll go jerk off. Exactly. Keep exactly. coming.
3: You won't be so horny.
2: <laughs> and your songs won't be so corny. I ain't too into this two live crew. Then some gang members
1: with a microphone there. Me so horny. Me so horny. Meet our honey, big black Chinese looking motherfucker. Sitting you know on it. Meet mean? Me our honey, meet some honey. I'm
2: saying, get some pussy. You won't be so horny. And your songs won't be so corny. Oh, God. <laughs> Take that gold tooth out of your mouth and go get yourself some pussy. <laughs> That's right, let's go. Song <laughs> number four.
0: Oh. Mm.
3: All right. Rock and roll hell with a surprising co-write by Brian Adams. Yes. That Brian Adams. Uh, this has always been a go-to song for me on this album. I, I love it. I think the vibe, the mood that it creates, I think Gene, I think this is one of the most demon albums in the entire catalog. I think every song that Gene is involved in is just demon supreme. Um, I like the idea of this song the lyrics I think the chorus is this is like the exact opposite of keep me coming get me out of this rock and roll hell take me far away like just a great great song this album there are hits on this album for good reasons but then there's the majority of this album is like all deep cuts and this is one that I wish got a little bit more actually I should say a lot more play because this is a go-to track for me I think it's killer
2: got a couple thoughts on this first okay. rock and roll hell was written by gene simmons brian adams and jim valance who is was yeah. him and brian adams are the songwriters together paul's on uh, rhythm guitar Gene's on bass eric's on drum and robin ford is the lead guitarist never really heard of him much but apparently he's a very popular guitarist very famous blues yep. jazz type of rock guitarist i guess played with mm-hmm. miles davis and He's obviously got a good reputation. So he is the one. And I'm not too keen on the solo on this. I think it has no feeling. And that's just my opinion on this one. Yep. Ace did a version of the song. Yes, he did. This is the kind of shit that when all those ace defenders start bitching about kiss that I get annoyed about. Why the fuck is he doing this song? Why the fuck did he do hide your heart? Why are you doing kiss songs that you had nothing to do with? Unless you want to draw attention, to the fact that you were in Kiss and you can't move on from Kiss, but mm-hmm. you want to always bring up that Kiss can't move on from your image, it, it's a two way street with them. I'd I'd, have, I'd understand his his point a little more if he didn't have to always come back to Kiss. Have you heard his version of this song? Yes, it's on Origins One. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> <So> <laughs> this is what I describe to people. Then when they tell me about. Ace is the best, all these fucking, no. Oh, fake Fraley Oh, Cheetah Chris <laughs> Ace, yeah, Ace I'm like, have you listened to his new Dude, this it's It's, it's Word talk singing Yeah, it, it's bad Ain't nobody going to step on his dreams. Mm-hmm. Dude, are you singing that? What the fuck? Dude, it's, it's so cringeworthy. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Awful. However, the reason why I brought that up is because I want to go back to the original version of the song. Which is very interesting. Brian Adams and Jim Valens did this song, and they did a version of this for Bachman Turner Overdrive, who then abbreviated oh. the name to BTO. One of the worst bands in history. Oh my god! I can't believe you to say that. Fucking I mean,
3: brutal, dude.
2: Taking care of business is a Ugh. good song. And what's the other one that they have? They had another one too. <sighs> I forget what the other one is. That's all I okay, had Another one. Ugh. But regardless, Tom, you're wrong.
0: Okay. I regardless, to you're, wrong. <laughs> like yeah. regardless yeah. you're
2: wrong. Regardless you're wrong that they're a bad band. I, yeah. They have a couple good songs. Go ahead. Now you're gonna fucking make me look it up while I'm talking about this. So I originally went and looked up. This song by them have you heard It I have It's it's better in my opinion than this Kiss song it is more About a rock and roll Lifestyle than them Okay I don't know what Gene did Gene made It seem like this fucking I don't know shooting star bad Company type of guy who's trying to grow His dreams of being a rock and roll star Versus the lyrics On the BTO version I don't know why We'll get into the whole who so wrote the song? So let me let me get my let, me, let I, me get my point out. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The lyrics on this, the way it's done, I like it better. It's a fucking song about drugs, rock and roll, that lifestyle and craziness. It's a completely different song when Gene took it over. So I don't know why they say, "Well, I just changed a couple words." He did more than change a couple words. It's completely different. The only part that's similar is the chorus. <laughs> Yes, that's how I see it.
3: So you're saying that you like the
2: lyrics better? Don't tell me you like. I the, like the, the song better. Oh, I like oh. the song better. Wow, I, it's a different song, and I never expected me to say I like that original better. Like, wow. listen, so I can listen to King of the Nighttime World by the original band that did that song, and it sucks. I can listen to the band that did originally, is that you, and I think that sucks. Yeah. I listen to this, and I'm like, holy shit, I actually like this. But don't get me wrong, I love Gene's song. Yeah, yeah. I like this song. It's different, but I like that BTO version better. I think yeah. it's a more of a rock and roll version. Jeans is slower tempo.
3: Oh yeah, jeans is very demonish and like and menacing.
2: Of, thank you. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of plodding along. Yes, that song is a more of a rock and roll song, and it's also it's a different song. The melody's kind of different in the in the verses. Yeah. It sounds exactly like taking care of business, and Brian which is not Adamson a good thing. Say that they wrote it like that, but see, I like that song so. I wanted to make a point to this because you said this in our previous episode, somewhere along the line. I don't know where, but you brought up Rock and Roll Hell in this article that we read. And it's basically Jim Valens telling the story about the writing of this song. Yes. What were we talking about that I, I, I don't remember? Because I remember basically, this. This is how it went. And I'm going to tell you the story. Go ahead, because I remember this. Okay. So in 1979, Brian Adams' manager, Bruce Allen, asked me to write a song for BTO, a group he managed. They changed their name from Bachman-Turner Overdrive to BTO when Randy Bachman left in 1977. I came up with a couple song ideas, including Rock and Roll Hell, which I loosely based on the tempo and chord structure of Randy's song, Taking Care of Business. BTO liked Rock and Roll Hell, and they, they put it on their album, Rock and Roll Nights, which I produced. Fast forward a few years to the summer of 82 Brian and <laughs> Brian Adams and I got a call from producer Michael James Jackson Asking if we'd be interested in writing a song for Kiss To be honest, I've never been a huge Kiss fan But it was early in our writing career And Kiss were selling a lot more records than we were So it seemed like a good idea Brian and I wrote two songs for Kiss A new one called War Machine And reworked version of BTO's Rock and Roll Hell With a new lyric, a slower and heavier feel Yep, which is what you said, Tom Not long afterwards, we received an unexpected telephone call from Gene Simmons Gene said he loved both our tracks And Kiss were definitely interested in recording them There was just one problem Rock and roll hell needed an extra verse There you go And Adams and I were in the same room on separate phones We looked at each other, shook our heads The song was finished Why on earth would Gene want us to write another verse? We told Gene how we felt about it. There was a moment of silence on the other end of the line, and then Gene spoke very slowly and firmly. You don't understand, he said. The song needs an extra (laughs) verse, and I'm going to write it. Suddenly it dawned on us. Gene Gene was trying to tell us in not-so-too-subtle terms that Kiss wouldn't record our song unless his name appeared as a co-writer. Exactly. The choice was obvious. We could share songwriting credits and royalties on an album that would probably sell 10 million copies. Not. Or we could have no song on the album at all. In the end, Gene did write a verse which appears in the song. And to his credit, he only requested a modest share of the royalties. Regardless, the experience left us with an empty feeling. 25 years later... I'm not bitter. I'm simply philosophical about the experience. The truth is, when it came to negotiation and intimidation, Gene Simmons from KISS was much more skilled than we were. And anybody that tells
3: you that they want less money in life, be suspicious of this person. This is a liar. Absolutely. I
2: fucking love that
3: story. That story is amazing. And the reason I remember that as you're talking, I think that came up in a discussion it was either a listener question, or for some reason, I feel like this has something to do with a comment or a question that was brought up by, by Wesley Beach, who, who was with the Plasmatics and toured with Kiss during the Creatures of the Night tour. I might be wrong, but I remember reading that story and hearing that entire background on Rock and Roll Hell, and I think we talked about it once, and I feel like it had something to do with a listener question. I might be wrong. Maybe somebody out there can correct
2: us. Yeah, and then Gene says In Behind the Mask Rock and Roll Hell started off with Brian Adams and Jim Valance I'd been introduced to them by a producer At that point, Brian had achieved Major success, except for a disco hit He had Let Me Take You Dancing Yep Most of the song was done My contribution wasn't a lot It may have been a bridge and a few lyrical changes Mostly it was an Adams and Valance song Their name should have been a top Ahead of mine. Now, thanks for the revisionist gene. Yeah, exactly. You realize shit? I do look bad in that. Yep. But they both said that he didn't ask for much, and the the difference in the in the story is Gene says it needed something like it was missing, right? right. whereas they're like, "What are you talking about?" The song is done, right? But even so, the whole vibe of the song, the like wasteland imagery that you have, yep, is completely different. To lyrics like "seems that every day is another act in this play, doing the time in this rock and roll band, going to town to town, doing uppers and downers till I'm not sure who I am." The folks back home say I'm too old to rock and roll. I should have quit when I was ahead, but where there to go when it's only thing you know? Sometimes I think I'm better off dead. Completely different type yeah, of song. Of I just like that kind of like drinking and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, no, I get you. I, I just like the, and it also. Is a completely different melody because it's taking care of business. Right. But, anyways, I found this all interesting. Oh, in yeah. the end, I like the song. I didn't so much like the solo, but I like the song. I think it just, as you said, another part of Jean's aura that mm-hmm. spreads throughout this album. Totally. All over. Yep. Right. So, anyways, that was a long story to get us to. Song number five.
3: So we got danger. Here's a song that kind of falls into the same category for me as keep me coming. Very cool song.
2: Horrific chorus. <laughs> and you know I what can- you sound like? You sound like the guy's like, oh, my God, she's got a smoking body. Oh, her butter face. That's what this is. This is
3: butter chorus. Um, One of my favorite parts about this song. Is at the beginning of each chorus with Paul just screaming
2: in the night.
3: Oh, I love that! Yeah. I love it. I think the, the the chorus is just terrible, but I think the song is it, like. This is not an album that I come back to often. We'll get to that at the end when we do like a little recap of what we think of the album. But listening to this song, what sticks out to me is how horrible the chorus is. But the verses are just great. I think the song, I think Eric is just a monster on this song. I mean, he's a monster in general on the album. But this particular song, he's just wailing away. And I think Paul is just fantastic on this song. Good song.
2: Unlistenable chorus. Danger, written by Paul Stanley and Adam Mitchell. Paul plays rhythm. Jimmy
4: Haslip
2: plays the bass on this one. I, I guess he was a, in a band called Yellow Jackets, but he was also in Blackjack. Yeah, with Bruce Kulik. And Michael Bolton. Yes, Yikes. that's Michael Bolton. Eric is on the drums, and the guitar is Vinny. Yep. So you know how oh, I have this song, Tom, listed? The first thing I'd say in my comments I have written down here, drums, drums, Drums totally yep Vocals 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 guitar 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 The Fucking solo rocks Yes I love Vinny on this song Paul's vocals Incredible the drum fills On this song oh my incredible. god Incredible it's amazing It's so fast and up Tembo Paul's voice is Fucking off the charts You listen to this you want to fucking Like I don't know just Start moving you're thinking it's like it's a scene in the movie The Warriors or something. Like you get, people are going to be fucking bashing people's brains in. It's a, yep. a adrenaline-like type song. That lead up to that last chorus. The drums are insane.
3: Yeah, it's amazing.
2: It's, the it's the a, when he goes off on a chart, Paul does that vocal scream. Yep, and then you had oh my god, it was written at Adam's house and demoed there too. Uh, I think this is one of the ones he did with Creatures of the Night and Danger. They both did together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, though. Yeah, I, do I like the chorus? No, I mean, no. I shouldn't say no. It's it's not one of my favorite, but I think it's it over. It's overcome by just its awesomeness. And it, it just. I wish that maybe they came up with a different title lyric or something like that. I mean, a yeah. chorus lyric or something. Danger Danger. I'm thinking of Will Robinson. Danger Danger. That's a, exactly. Me too. Yeah. But this song fucking musically rocks. The yep. guitars, vocals, and drums are. This is what I would put up musically against anybody and say, tell me this band is not fucking incredible in the 80s. Yep, agreed. Unbelievable. All right. I know we never heard of this next song.
3: So I love it loud. What is there to say about this song? One of the most iconic, great fatigue factor type songs in the entire catalog. But we love it. And you get fatigue factor from a song like this because it's that good. We we briefly touched on the video. You know, we'll we'll get get, more details on the video. Uh, One of the cool things about this song is the way that the song kind of fades out. And then it kind of comes back in. They claim that the idea of this was taken from the Beatles. They did this uh, similar thing in Helter Skelter and uh, Strawberry Fields Forever. Look, the song is what it is. I mean, it, you know, it's got that the chanting. It's an anthem. It's got a uh, an anthemic chorus. It's got a simple drum beat. It, it's, it, it's an anthem for a reason. And it's iconic and classic for a reason. It's just the fatigue factor is just brutal. It's just brutal. And I try not to let that get in the way of how much I love the song and what the song means to me personally. Uh, it's the song that got me back into Kiss. Um, and when we talk about the video, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get into that a little bit more.
2: Yeah. I-, I love it loud, written by Gene Simmons and Vinnie Vincent. So please don't tell me Vinnie Vincent didn't have an important role in Kiss. Absolutely.
3: Oh, no my du- God. No doubt. No doubt.
2: Side, just side two of Creatures of the Night. He could have entered the Hall of Fame for me. Yep. Um, so the song was released as a single Didn't chart really made it up to 102 Apparently mm-hmm. I forgot I don't know if I mentioned but The album itself Went to 102 yeah, I know, okay. me, The album itself Went to number 45 It's highest peak okay. uh, When it was released But yep. it just quickly fell off the charts uh, uh, The single did make it to Mainstream rock tracks number 22 Paul played the rhythm. Gene played the bass. Eric is the drums. Uh, Vinny's lead guitarist. And Dave Whitman, the gentleman that I believe uh, did the uh, remixes uh, release of this, he mm-hmm. did some of the backing vocals he was so interested in jumping in on. I, I, I Okay. Fatigue. You're right. That's the first thing I think of. But I got to go with the memory of... Where it is now but also where it was When I first started listening to this song It is Such A brilliant chorus And an anthem And catchy Honestly We'll save it for our Anthem episode But we'll, It could be probably one. be the best It is such a great Theme it, And so catchy Whoever came up with, and I assume it was Gene, the, you know, the hey yeah. Yep. Is, you know, it it has some talent uh, that is unmatched to write that. It's not that easy. It sounds simple, but it ain't that easy to come up with originally, I'm sure of it. Mm -hmm. And you know, what do you hear when you hear this song? The first thing you hear, it it is the crystal clear, insane drums. Uh, Eric just Everyone like I said This is the drum album Mm -hmm. And when they know I love it loud They're like yeah absolutely The drums are constantly beating So you're listening to the lyrics You listen to the music But you're constantly paying attention What's going on with the drums Holy fuck It's like a solo throughout the whole song It is very for me It is very bottom like When I listen to Zeppelin I'm not only listening to Jimmy and Robert, but I'm catching crystal clear what Bonham's doing. And I'm waiting for him to hit every drum boom 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 boom. Where is it? Where is it? And I wait with bated breath for him to hit that cymbal, that build up. Bang. And oh my god, it's the same way on this. Very Bonham like. If, if the I love it loud, it's waiting for it. It's like you're a fan of uh, Zeppelin obviously. Mm-hmm. Of course. Led Zeppelin one uh, for me Songs that I can Describe the Bottom sound to me is a Simple song like your time is gonna come They oh. say th- they sing The chorus yep. your time Is gonna come yep. And then all of a sudden ba- 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 Bang symbol Every time Robert sings that That la- that chorus you, It's it's a solo a Fucking mm-hmm. drum solo ba- 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 Bang again it's it overwhelms you. That's the same thing with I Love It Loud. It's the closest I've ever heard something of being bottom-like, like waiting for it, just following. Now, I, again I don't listen to Rush, so maybe that's what goes on over there. <laughs> but for me, this song, the drums dominates this song. Even, even I will say this too, too, Tom, about how good this song is. Even the guitar solo, as short as it is, oh, awesome. Is awesome. Awesome. Perfect. Yep, and I think this is the part that Vinny never got. Mm-hmm. Like, they made that that short, but it fit the song, fit it perfectly. Yep. So Tom, I want to read something that's in the box set where okay. Gene talks about this part with Vinny. Go for there's it. A, there's a good section here where he talks about "I Love It Loud" specifically. Okay, and he describes that how him in. Vinny were basically separate from Paul Eric and Michael James Jackson and I worked with Vincent on putting the guitar parts when it came time to do the solo and I suggested very simple single note guitar horn parts and not really using a guitar solo the first heated argument erupted I believe it he prided himself as a lead guitar player and I told him I could care less (laughs) that the song had to win. And what was best for the song was best for the band. And it didn't matter what anyone's personal agenda was. The argument didn't sit well with Vincent, but he went along with it anyway. It was the first of many arguments with Vincent who had aspirations of being the next guitar hero. Unfortunately for him, it never materialized And I Love It Loud was released As a single off of Creatures of the Night Yep, he's absolutely right And Vinny never got it That Gene and them knew how to rein him in, and we talked About it when we reviewed his All Systems Go Mm -hmm. How the songs Were so incredible Oh, awesome songs Versus the fucking I don't know what you would call his first song Which a lot of people love Yep there's some good songs, and then there's the kitchen sink, the 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 plumbing in the basement, the fucking attic, the ba- you know, you name it is also thrown in in every single solo. Yep, this is perfectly describing the problems with Vinny and how if he just sat there and kissed, they could have made him into a a, a really really incredible team with him. Paul and Gene songwriting going into the throughout the 80s. I think they would have dominated with some great, incredible tracks.
3: Yeah, it just wasn't, it was just, just incompatible. Just oil and water just wasn't going to happen. And talking about Zeppelin, when you talk about Zeppelin, when I hear the beginning of I Love It Lot, it reminds me the first time I heard the beginning of When the Levy Breaks, when the song just starts with that just booming bottom just intro and it's nothing but the drums and then the song kicks in it's just a spectacular drum effort and you know we talked a, a little bit earlier about michael james jackson and, the drums and he says you know that he had a particular technique and the types of microphones that he used in getting the sounds um he actually said he brought in a special drum kit that wasn't even eric's and that he used vintage microphones to create the sound he said a tremendous amount of work went into capturing that sound gene was very determined to to try and recapture the best of kiss. And he thought that I love it loud did that. And what can you say? I mean, now we've talked about the song, so let's talk about that unbelievably awesome and cheesy video. So this video came out. I love videos that are like story based and performance based, and starts off with a with a teenager sitting at the kitchen table with his parents. And the dad is played by Kiss's business manager, Howard Marks. Uh, all of a sudden, the video, you know, Kiss comes on the TV. He goes and sees it. And then it kind of goes to the actual band performance. And the band looks. Gene right now, oh, I'm a Love Gun guy. Gene in the Creatures outfit is insane. The band looks amazing. Eric with the tank. Paul looks great, and, of course, they have Ace in the video, even though Ace has nothing to do with the entire video, the, the solo or nothing. Just iconic, awesome video. The ending of the video, the kid turns around, and his eyes are kind of bright and glowing like the cover of the album, and then the whole crew of teenagers are out in the street. Just an awesome, awesome video. But what's the best part of the video, Zeus? The comb in the back pocket? Well, not just that. But the Beavis and Butthead episode when they critique this.
1: <laughs> Why that guy eating dinner with those old people? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe he's in trouble.
4: <laughs>
0: Whoa, he's got a comb in his back pocket. (laughs) Yes!
4: (laughs) Kiss rules. (laughs) Yeah.
1: <laughs> These guys are pretty cool for a bunch of mimes. Yeah. <laughs> These mimes are cool because they like make lots of noise and scream. <laughs> I hate it when you're like at the fair. Yeah. And some <laughs> mime comes up and gets in your face and doesn't say anything. <laughs> I usually kick them in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's when they start saying stuff. <laughs> they say stuff like. Ah, ah,
0: ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: chest is cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> When's he gonna spit some blood? <laughs> I like when he sticks his long tongue out.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you knew I was gonna throw some clips in. No doubt. So a couple things. Um <laughs> well it's pretty cool for a bunch of mimes, right?
3: Yeah. And was that, that, guy, was that guy sitting with those old people? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, maybe maybe he's in trouble. I oh. love that Beavis and Butthead were liking kiss. Oh, no doubt. Right? Yep. So when you're in there and you know, get me on a tangent about how Beavis and Butt had killed air metal, they still like my band. Mm-hmm. They may have shit on bands that I liked though. And I'm like, oh, they don't like this band. This band is now not cool, but they liked Kiss. Yep. And they liked all the Seattle and the grunge bands too. So that was a good thing. One of the other things I wanted to make a point is this was also the last Casablanca single. Mm-hmm. So... This was the last single, and it was also the last single by Gene. I'm not going to count 91's God Gave Rock and Roll to You, because that was with Paul. But it's the last single until Gene did Unholy in 92. Imagine that. Yeah. There's so many different versions. This is on every, mostly, every greatest hits. It's on a live three, obviously. Uh, The version on, on Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits is fucking horrendous. I can't wait to review that compilation album. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. That is horrendous. Yep. I don't know what they were thinking about doing that. Uh you know, I- again, we we talked about this before, Tom. It's just such a incredible uh rush when you first hear this song. Mm-hmm. But the other part I'll add is cuz remember, I have no Uh, Sentimental feelings towards the video Because I don't remember it Yep, But I do have that feeling When I see the exposed
0: Kiss, o Kiss no Brasil Maracanã, Mineirão e Morumbi
2: Kiss oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's oh what I my God! The Brazilian kiss, show. kiss, new Brazil, new Brazil, kiss, kiss. Oh! And you opens up, and Gene is just sitting there doing his arm. Hey! hey, hey. And you see that fucking like the stage is small. Gene looks small. An army of yep. people just jumping up and down. The band looks so fucking badass. The set, the Trump that Brazil concert. On Kiss Exposed I can't explain to you because I wasn't I didn't mean you hadn't met yet Correct I can't tell you how many times I watched that over and over In that version yeah. And how much it made me fall in love with Kiss All over again and, and realize, holy shit I didn't realize that Kiss was still this big Oh my god, there's a whole new world of Kiss facts That I didn't know about mm-hmm. And watching that over and over again It almost looks fake it almost it looks, looks like, like it looks Godzilla. like green screen yeah. Like Godzilla with fucking eating, like oh no, it's killing all yep. of oh, Japan. Yep. like all those people don't look real. Yeah, it's insane. And Vinny's in there seeing my that's the first time I got to see Vinny playing live. Like, there was a there was a guy, there's another guy with makeup on in KISS that played guitar. Who the fuck is that guy? It was incredible seeing that when Exposed came out. I'm going to tell you
3: all the video footage of the band and the creatures era makeup and outfits with the you know Eric with the tank. Look, I'm an original. I'm an original four guy. I know you are too. But we love we love all eras. That creatures iteration of the band with Vinny is fucking insane looking. They look so badass. Mm-hmm. Jeans armor and Eric's tank. It is it's insane. I can't imagine being at one of those shows during that era. And
2: it's also funny because they always fuck up. Gene always fucks up the lyric, oh, or he'll skip a verse. Oh yeah, the whole thing. Gene always fucks that up. Yep, it is kind of funny. Yep. But One other thing I brought up in my notes here, Tom, is in the video. Ace is in the video, and I'm like, yeah, which led to me like when I see this again, I'm like, wait a minute, I thought Ace wasn't on this album, and he's in the video. So, but there's a part in the song when when Gene ends the song, take it, and then he goes boom, boom, boom. Ace bounces the guitar off his off knees. his leg. Yep, I fucking loved it. I'm like, how the fuck did he get that to go? If he knows, he doesn't even know any of these songs. Doesn't he? Never played on it. Right. And if you see in the video, Paul does the solo. Correct, which not, is weird. Not Ace, because yep. Ace probably is like, what am I miming to? Yeah, but I he didn't time do- that part to the thing. Yep. And then you know, just Gene with the finger pointing. Oh I love it. Just even small, subtle things of him mouthing the words. Yep. Cause I love like it's just I I
3: it's awesome. Just it's it's just awesome. Gene looks fucking insane in that video. I love every minute of it.
2: Yeah, I love it loud. Anyway, that's uh go on to the next one. You ready to fall in love?
4: She'll take it like a man
3: I still love you. You do? I do. You do? I don't know how I am going to talk about this song and give it the proper credit it deserves because this song is fucking insane. It is... Look, I know Forever is the ballad that everybody hangs their hat on with this band. This is one of the all time great power ballads it is spectacular from start to finish Uh, paul's vocals are 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 mind-blowing eric's drumming is mind-blowing the lyrics the way the song is put together um it's dark it's emotional it's passionate when paul is singing you believe everything that he's saying and at the and as the song kind of wraps up when Paul does the section where he says it'll be my hell to pay and then it pauses and then he says I still love you and then Eric crashes in with those drums if you don't get goosebumps like I get goosebumps describing the song the fact that this was not a a hit i understand that they're not going to play it now now cuz god love paul no one's hitting those notes, which is probably why it wasn't really in the set list that much. I mean, I know it was on a live three. It was on unplugged. The song is just spectacular. And every time I hear it, I, I I'm just in awe of how he sounds and how the band sounds. It's just, it's a, it's an amazing song. It's just so fucking good.
2: I still love you written by Paul Stanley and Vinny Vincent. Not a bad job for Mr. Vincent, right?
0: Insane. So far.
2: Oh my God. Paul so plays good. rhythm, Eric plays <clears throat> drum, Eric plays bass. Imagine on that. This. Yep. And then Robin Ford plays lead guitar. I I I I don't get that. How is it not Vinny on this? The, the solo on this is awesome. Ugh. Which, which I don't understand. If this is a Vinny song, why didn't Vinny sing it? I mean, play the lead on this. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. The unplugged version, which we'll deal with when we get the unplugged, is yep. out of this world. The it's vocal ins- thing yeah. when yep. Paul holds that note—oh my god, it's incredible! The song is supposedly written about him and his relation with Donna Dixon, the actress that was on—I uh, think it was it—Bosom Buddies, mm-hmm. and uh, I think she was in that awful movie Spies Like Us with Dan Aykroyd, who eventually yeah, the- stole her from Imagine- Paul Stanley.
3: Imagine stealing a chick from Paul Stanley and your
1: Dan Aykroyd.
2: Yeah. Supposedly it's about her. And I think Paul is doing a little revisionist history because he's like, it, it was more about him and Vinny loving Led Zeppelin and bands that can have like a solo tempo that was powerful and majestic. Big drums. It could spotlight someone's vocal. Dude, you wrote it about your heart getting broken. It's okay, man. Like, yeah. Let oh, yeah. your ego go. Yeah. So this song to me is what I would call a heavy slow song. For me, I, I think it's heavy. So I, I, when I think of songs like that, I think of like "Time" by Pink Floyd, slow moving song. But you're like, "Holy shit, this song is fucking like heavy and like rocking out, but it's slow rock out." Mm-hmm. That's what this song is. It's a slow, like, "Holy shit, it's unbelievable. this isn't every rose," right? Is it? It isn't that fucking pussy shit. Exactly.
3: No, you're it right. It is
2: a kick ass fucking. Like, if you, you notice how, like, other than keep me coming a little bit, notice how we're not really talking about cheesy lyrics.
3: There aren't any really on this.
2: The fucking writers on this are incredible.
3: Yeah. Well, that's the, the thing you,
2: on say, this you say, is incredible. You say what you want about Vinny. He's not a cheesy lyricist. He hasn't gotten to pull the pin on my love grenade yet.
3: Oh, yeah. Go back, go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard our All Systems
2: Go review. Oh, so great. Anyway, the lyrics, the drums, the vocal, all of it off the charts. Great song. Great, great song. I'm more impressed with the performance than I am with the song itself, though. I yeah. will admit that. Okay. Like it's like I I can play that for somebody and be like, "Okay, take a listen to this." Yeah. But personally maybe it doesn't hit me, but I can re- I respect the fuck out of this vert of this song. Yep. So let's go to a killer
3: So killer gene again just at his demon best just sounds awesome great riff i love the way the song kind of kicks off and then the drums kick in but it's weird to me because when the song kicks in like this is going to sound weird and maybe it's just the way my ears are but between the bass line and the groove of the drums it it almost has like a danceable beat to it it's like (laughs) Like when you hear it, it's it sounds like very '80s. Yeah, like like you could like you could almost do like the Borat dance to this. I mean, I know our buddy Daryl Albert queued up one of the songs for us way back. He put it cued up the, the Borat dance, but I'm like, I'm not insulting the songs. I love the song. I think the I think the chorus is great when he starts saying she's a killer, and you get that kind of droning guitar riff that's gonna wah wah wah. Like it's awesome. The lyrics are cool. You know, Gene just sounds great. The beat and the bass line kind of give it like a little bit of a little bit of a kind of shaky, shaky <laughs> hips kind of
2: thing. Carlton dance to it, it
3: is a little bit, yeah, which is weird, but uh, no. But that being said, it's it's a great song. Gene sounds amazing
2: on it. Killer, written by Gene Simmons and Vinny Vincent. It was a single, It only in the UK, didn't chart. Gene is rhythm guitar on this and bass. Eric is a drum. Vinny lead guitar. So. Three songs in a row there. I love it loud. I still love you. Killer. Oh, yep. Vinny. Amazing. Oh. I put, first thing I put down on this is what a riff. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Fucking yep. love it. Love it. Gene's voice. The lyrics are incredibly cheesy, but fun. And they fit the song. It's great. Thank you. The drums, the guitar. Crack a whip. Pssh. I love that. Yep. Uh, uh, chew. I love that. Yep. <laughs> Grab that whip. Oh, God. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, here we go. All right. Sorry. You gotta I, I I'm having 80s flashbacks. I love that solo in this song. And he holds it and then he goes right back to the the, the opening riff. Oh, it's awesome. Fucking incredible. Yep. And they talk about like the backwards piano kind of guitar shit at the end of the song, too, mm-hmm. making that weird little noise. This song kicks ass. Yep. It's a great metal song, almost to that backbeat that you were talking about. It almost a little bit of like, doo,
0: doo, 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 doo. <laughs>
2: right? Yep. I think it has a little bit. Creatures of the Night is a little similar to that too,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but Killer is fantastic. All right, what a way to end this the album. Let's go next.
3: machine my opinion is that it's probably the greatest riff since i would say this and unholy are probably the two greatest r- r- legitimate riffs in the kiss catalog in terms of hard heavy metal the song is just it, it i can't believe kiss wrote this song it's just it <laughs> And I don't mean that as an. And I don't mean that as an insult. I don't mean that as an insult. I mean this song is so heavy for them in 1982 to think that they just came off of The Elder and Unmasked and Dynasty, all three albums, which I love. Yes, I love The Elder. To think that they put this song out is just absolutely insane. And I never noticed this after all these years of listening to War Machine, but our buddy Baco brought it up that the riff sounds like the riff to sex type thing by the stone temple pilots and it really does or the opposite well that's what i mean that that's what i mean obviously it's the opposite but um i never i never connected those dots but this song is amazing and i'm glad that it's in the set list this song i don't get sick of you know there's some fatigue with i love it loud Uh, War Machine, I feel like War Machine Kind of got swept under the rug when the album First came out, they should have come out of the gate With this song, but yeah, War Machine Is just just so good
2: War Machine, written by Gene Simmons Brian Adams, Jim Valance So this was the second of the two songs That they worked on together It's also the third of the tracks that were Remixed for the 1985 reissue Along with Creatures of the Night and I Love It Loud Those are Mm -hmm. the three songs That they kind of remixed a little bit Gene played rhythm guitar Gene played bass, Eric played drums And lead guitarist Vinnie Vincent What a job he did on Side two of, that. of Creatures of the Night Yep. Gene says he came up, came up With a riff on like a keyboard A little synthesizer thing That only had five notes on it I have a guitar Tom I don't know how to play anything One of the only things I learned how to do Was to play that but I always used to wonder is that playing war machine or am i playing dream Warriors? is then 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 dan dan think about it when you hear war machine uh dream Warriors from Dokken but anyway, this is one of the few
3: songs I can actually play on my guitar
2: yeah see what I mean but it's it's brilliant in its simplicity but then he says it's difficult to play guitar I don't know what he's talking about Brian had the song title uh, <laughs> Go ahead Brian thought Gene was a Prick when they first Met Yep. Have you heard this story? Yeah, go ahead okay. read it. So I will read you the story It's actually in Behind the Mask You yep. guys gotta obviously get behind the mask It's incredible <laughs> War Machine, Gene Simmons Brian are fr- and I are friends now But initially upon meeting me He thought I was a prick (laughs) like everybody else when they first meet him. Anyways, I remember while we were working at record plant, I would be busy in the parking lot with whatever girl would come to see me. And there was one moment where Brian got his rent a car and said, well, see you around. He kept going around the block and stopping going, what are you doing? I was busy drilling the girl (laughs) in the car. And he would go around the block and keep stopping. I would keep saying to him, would you get the fuck out of here? Get out of here.
3: <laughs> That's so weird. That is so random.
2: Totally picture some guy go, what the fuck's he doing in there? What are you doing? She is like banging some fat chick in the oh, back of a car. Pew. <laughs> and she's like, get the fuck out of here. What's the matter with you? Yep. But anyway, war machine. I don't know. I mean, I have so many thoughts about this song. Sing it, sister. Uh, <laughs> uh, this Gene says when he originally did the song, it was going to be a riff, the same riff throughout the whole song. Yep. And then um, you know they suggested they bring in Brian Adams and Jim Valance to help him with the song and get the lyrics down. But I think this might be the best demon lyrics. Of all demon lyrics.
3: Close I, it, it, it's close between God of Thunder and Unholy in this.
2: I, I don't know. I know. I just think it's so but well written. I feel like Unholy, when we'll get to that, maybe a lot of imagery and words and talking about things, but this in a whole sense is telling the story. Yes. And the drums, his vocal performance on I fucking another. Awesome solo that goes right back into the original riff at the end. Yep. Vinny nails it. And then the drums. And when you hear this live, and I have the Rock the Nation. Oh, yeah. Remember, remember Same. we got the CDs from the yes. Rock the Nation tour? Oh, yeah. That version is my go to version of War Machine. Yep. That's when they used to play the siren. Yes. And when they would the hit the drums at the end, all of a sudden, Dan, dan, and the riff would come back mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the drums, as soon as the drums hit That's when the siren goes off And the imagery that I can imagine Is the dragon and the soldiers And everything's going off And you're hearing the music blast. You're like, what the fuck That yep. whole imagery and War Machine I, I, I don't know and, and again, it used to be Wrestlers used to use it Taz, the wrestler, used to come out to it for a little mm-hmm. bit And, and the, uh, like I said For me it's so badassery. Oh, when yeah. I when I go see them live that they play this, it wasn't a hit, it was a deep cut for years. Somehow, I think because the wrestling community was using this song, they got wind of it, and then they started to put it in their
3: set list later on. Yeah, and that's and that's my point. I don't understand how the uh, how can you not hear this song that hear that riff hear the lyrics hear the chorus and not be like you know holy shit this has to be like a hit this is not like this, this like i know i know you got you know i love it loud but because paul runs the band no i know i know but that's, that's why, just right? that's just stupid i'm glad that they finally figured out that this song needs to be in the set list every goddamn night because it's one of their best
2: then again mr speed is in the movie speed so maybe you thought they would pick up on that and be like hey yeah. since it's in that movie let's play this that's Go also on. good that's a good point War Machine is on Is one of those on a different level For me when I think of Kiss When I think of a side of an album Those four Songs on side two Technically the last five Songs on this album Are off the charts for me Off the fucking Charts Anyways so for me I don't know if you can Get better the way you just ended An album that is Creatures of the Night, the songs. Overall thoughts, Tom? Okay. So,
3: look, this is not a go-to album for me. And now is the time when I can kind of explain why. I'm, I, I, know I'm on an, I know I'm on an island here, and I, I, I am going to expect hate mail and comments. I'm just not a huge fan of the production. I've said this before. I think I understand the drums and the bombastic sound of them. It just sounds overproduced to me. I prefer production on revenge or even lick it up. There's too much reverb on some of the vocals. Everything is very echoey. And I get that they were trying to do that to make it sound big and full and huge. And I get that they wanted to bring that back. I like the hits on this. You know, and again, I, I it's not a bad album. I just think it's a really overrated album. I, I just do. I just think that there's a lot of songs on here that are pretty good. There's just not a lot of go-to songs on this album for me. And I know I'm in the minority. I know people love this album, and I'm not going to fault them for it. I enjoy listening to the hits. Look, it's Kiss. It's Eric Carr. I, I like the album, I just don't love the album
2: I absolutely love This album, it was always one of my favorite Once I got to know it It still remains it I know it's cliche To Basically say Ah, it's overrated ah, I don't like, you know And I'm not saying that you're being cliche I think you're honest about your opinion But To me, there's a lot Of things that when I think about my Kiss fandom that come to mind with this, when I think of how I got into this, how exposed, how I love it loud, what that means to me, how what War Machine means to me, and how one of my favorite deep cuts, Danger, is on this album. Nobody talks about that song. I fucking love it. There's so many great things. It's the last of the makeup albums. It's, it's Vinny and his songwriting. It's got so many great things about it for me. I'm really attached to it. I'm with everybody when they talk about the whole the drum album. Yes, it is the drum album. But the other part that I always want to say about people is this is Gene is the unsung hero in this. He is phenomenal. No doubt. I'm not sure. No,
3: Absolutely.
2: You know, other than the original six, obviously. I'm taking those out. I'm not sure there's anything else he's done a better job in. Maybe you put this up against in Revenge. Maybe that. I, I mean, his contributions in this, there's nothing that's not great, in my opinion, on this album. Yeah I, think he's the,
3: touched. yeah, I think he's the standout for Yeah,
2: me. more so than Paul is. And Paul is no slouch on this. This is the most even album. This is an album. I There's no skips for me. None. There's nothing I... I play. I'm like. Ah, I'm turning this off. This the l- last song on this album. Maybe the maybe the best least liked song I have on any Kiss album.
3: Yeah, I will agree that ranking this was a little bit difficult. Um, look to to me. I, look, you got the hits. You, you get the two the two big hits on this, and then the rest of it to me is kind of is is just is deep cuts or songs that just unless you're a diehard you don't but know anything nothing- about. So, there's nothing there's nothing I would skip I agree there's nothing bad on here There's nothing there's nothing like Oh that song's terrible there's songs That are better than others obviously but you're Right there's nothing that's like that's just a terrible song Th- To me No, there's not I agree
2: Yeah Tom here comes the difficult part We are going to Rank the songs There are nine songs on this Album Uh you want to go first or should I go first up to you I'll start I'll give you my number Nine go ahead Bad chorus Puts it last it's a good song though But keep me coming Tom my number nine is keep me coming Oh okay I wasn't saying Tom keep me coming I was saying that was My number nine song
4: Ew
3: (laughs) This is when it gets tough from here So number eight Good song but something's gotta be number eight I got saint and sinner Tom, number eight for me, Satan Sinner. Ooh, all right. Number seven for me, it's this low because of the
2: chorus. I knew you we were going to go. Danger. No. Seven for me, rock and roll hell. Ooh,
3: yikes. Six for me, title track, Creatures of the Night.
2: Six for me, Creatures of the Night. Wow. Five, Killer. Five. I still love you.
3: <gasps> no. Four. Rock and roll hell.
2: Four. Killer.
3: Number three. I still love you.
2: Number three. I love it
3: loud. Mm, I almost had that number three and I almost had I still love you. Number two. But I couldn't because I love it. Loud's been, you know. I've I've been a fan of that forever even this fatigue. So number 2 for me is I love it loud.
2: So you haven't been paying attention to what I picked. Number 2, Danger. Oh, I've been paying attention and the fact that
3: that's number 2 is just a disaster.
2: <laughs> I don't care what you say. I don't care what the Kiss World says. That's my favorite track that's not number 1.
3: Yeah, on number one number one was number one was going to be obvious for both of us and that's War Machine.
2: Number one war machine. Yeah. No not doubt. not a fucking doubt. And nope. for me, Tom, the big thing takeaway there is dangerous seven for you, dangerous two for me. I, I love that I have a favorite track like deep track, deep cut track like that. That's like yep. I just fucking love when I hear the song. Nice. Um, cool. I so I would say again, Tom, keep me coming for me. It's not a bad song. Like you nope, agree, I, I don't have it like poor. Satan Sinner's pretty good. Rock and Roll Hell is really good. Yep. Creatures of the Night's a really good song. I Still Love You is a great song. Killer is a great song. I Love It Loud is in, is a top song. Danger for me is a top song. Agreed. War Machine is Rushmore song. Yeah. So yep. all right. So now we're gonna go into the other two parts. So, Tom, what we usually do at this point is we compare it to the other albums we reviewed. Yep, first we do album covers. The albums we reviewed so far are Kiss, Dress to Kill, Rock and Roll Over, Gene Simmons, From Kiss, Paul Stanley, Unmasked, Animalized, Asylum, Hot in the Shade, Cycle Circus, Monster. Tom, you're you rank these for album covers. Rock and roll over is your first Gene Simmons, dressed to kill, kiss, Paul Stanley, unmasked, psycho circus, hot in the shade, asylum, monster, animalized. Where does creatures of the night go?
3: Man, this is tough. This is tough. Rock and roll over is just so iconic. It's, you know, the comic book, the original four. I'm a Gene guy, and that image of him is. Is so iconic. But but this has this has the band on it. It's got the fox. I, I I'm gonna move this to number
2: two. Whoa! Yeah. That high? Yeah. Wow, dude. I did not expect that. Yeah. Did not expect that at all. It's the first cover with Eric Carr
3: on it. It's the only cover of him in makeup. And I just love the blue tint. I love the way the band looks. I love the eyes. I love I. I, I, I it was going to be second or third, but the but the tipping point for me was seeing the Fox on here that gave me the number two.
2: All right. I had rock and roll over Gene Simmons dressed to kill kiss Paul Stanley asylum monster cycle circus unmasked hot in the shade animalized. I'm pretty sure where I'm going with this Tom. Uh, I'm putting this at number four. So, rock and roll over Gene Simmons, Dress to Kill, Creatures of the Night, then Kiss the original, then Paul Stanley.
3: Wow. Okay. Nice.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's better than the original makeup album, and it's better than agreed. Paul's, agreed. Just Paul alone on that, and you know the rest of them are just kind of yeah, in my opinion. That's album covers, Tom. Here comes the hard part. Now let's go to the most difficult part (laughs) Now we're going to do albums So Tom your ranking goes like this right now Dressed to Kill Kiss Rock and Roll Over Paul Stanley's solo album Unmasked Hot in the Shade Asylum Gene Simmons From Kiss Animalized Psycho Circus monster where do you put creatures of the night yeah this is tough
3: um because this is when the hate mail is going to come in because i don't think anybody's gonna like this uh they're probably gonna be like what the hell is wrong with you
2: (sighs) i am danger number two so don't worry about it
3: yeah no i know um yeah i know it's creatures of the night folks but i gotta I got to tell you right now uh this is going to number 8 behind asylum.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I oh. don't <laughs> I don't know, I don't <laughs> know what right. I, don't,
3: I don't know what to say. I I I, Dude. I I'll tell you right now. You know what's interesting about this and we've said this before. This podcast I've I've learned a lot more about myself as a Kiss fan because we spend so much time with the band. Yeah. If you told me Tom, you and Zeus are going to start a KISS podcast, and in two years, you're going to like Asylum more than Creatures <laughs> of the Night.
2: <laughs> I would say that is insane. So, What kills me is, like you have the Gene Simmons album right underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> Correct.
3: I know, but, but look, it's KISS. All those other albums, look, Asylum and Creatures of the Night could be a flip of the coin for me. I enjoy, and I can't believe I'm saying this again, Sonny Pooney's going to love this, but I, I, I have, I have more fun with asylum. That's the thing about creatures of the night. It's not a fun album. It's very dark. It's not, it's um, not it. fun,
0: okay.
2: but that doesn't make it bad. So there's my ranking. Tom, I had rock and roll over kiss Paul Stanley. At number three. Dress to kill. Yes, I had Paul Stanley above dress to kill. I still get haunted about that. Uh, Hot in the shade. Asylum Animalize Cycle Circus Gene Simmons. From Kiss. Unmasked and monster. Yes, unmasked. (laughs) Is that low for me? (sighs)
0: All right.
2: I don't think this is really an issue. I almost put it here. Uh Uh-oh. This is going to number two for me. Oh, I almost oh, put it at number one. Oh, wow, I almost put it at number one. Oh. I like. I think I like. I'm not sure. Keep me coming. wow, than see you, fucking. What do you call it? In your dreams. That's you're, all. Socks off. Rock and roll te- over. You're telling me that you like Creatures of the Night
3: more than the debut album.
2: Oh yeah. There's no skippers. There's no skippers on Creatures of the Night. Oh my God. There's no skippers on Creatures of the Night. As they used to say of the old WEEI, controversy. Wow. I think it's I don't think it's that controversial. People call this one of their best albums, if not the best album they've ever done. Yeah. Well, look. That's their one. Look, since I've been piling on creatures of the night, I got a
3: high I, had, I had another revelation while I was we were doing this review. I'm on record as saying, ah, you know what? I love Destroyer, but I think it's one of the most overrated albums in the Kiss catalog.
2: This is more overrated than Destroyer. Okay, so let me explain something to you. Go ahead. Love theme from Kiss and Kissing Time hurt this album a lot for me. Zeus, the rest of the album.
3: Crushes anything that's on Creatures of the Night, with the exception okay. of maybe War Machine.
2: No, it doesn't. Oh God, yeah. No, it doesn't. I would put I Love It Loud up against really anything other than maybe Black Diamond on that album.
0: And also, I love
2: Nothing to Lose. That is insane. Yeah. But that's okay. And that's I love why we Firehouse. That's why we I, have. I'm 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 so fatigued with Strutter and Cold Gin. Uh, let me know. I I like uh, Deuce. I love. Kissing time a hundred thousand years, like uh the drums, the fucking where I came into this album, the, the, the way it rocks, Vinny's contributions. Yeah, yeah, Tom. I, it, I that's why it's number two for me.
3: That is why I love doing this show with you because our opinions are all over the place. That's what makes it great.
2: You have unmasked over creatures of the night,
3: because <laughs> unmasked <laughs> is a better album. <laughs>
2: God, in what planet? On planet Tom. <laughs> I don't think I want to visit planet Tom anytime soon, Tom. Well, you don't have to. We'll visit Uranus.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't think you're doing any business on Uranus, <laughs> Tom. Exactly. Wow. Anyways, I'm our really- reviews are always fun to do. And I, I hope a- we get a shitload of feedback. And I'm really interested in the
3: feedback on this because I know that it's renowned as a fan favorite. I know people love it. I want to know if there's anybody out there like me. I like the album. I don't hate the album.
2: I just... uh, I've I've told you how I feel. Let's see what everybody else thinks. Yeah, it's funny because I fucking love this album. But I'm going to get more shit about how high I put it or... That I have danger is my second favorite song. It's one of my favorite Kiss songs of all time. I don't and think and you'll get
3: shit for have. I don't think you'll get shit for having it number two. The I only thing I, can, I but I'm just saying. The only thing I can't believe is that you would that you'd like it better than the debut. But
2: that's that's okay. I do. It's that's okay. It's, I can. There's nothing I skip on it. I can mm-hmm. play it. It's a all the way through. But sometimes I'm not like Sonny. Well, that's a desert. That's a desert island for me. Album. Yeah. Because there's sometimes a song so fucking good. That it overcomes a song that, yeah, right. you're not really right. happy about it because it's that right. fucking good. Okay. But, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not picking Creatures of the Night like, oh, yeah, it's much better than Kiss. I'm picking it today. Right? That's fine. Tomorrow, I might fucking be like, what the fuck am I thinking? Maybe. Right? So, mm-hmm. uh, today at this point, having just been all on Creatures of the Night for this album review, because that's what we do, mm-hmm. that's where I put it. Cool. All right. Okay. All right. So, Tom, you know what time it is now? Hi, this is Ed Spansberg of ClickTShop.com, and for all your shouted out loudcast gear and merchandise, please visit ClickTShop.com at ClickTShop. You can find lots of kiss-inspired t-shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all new fine art selections. And now, here's your question of the week. And our question of the week
3: is from our good friend, Tony from Restrained. And I can't wait to answer this because, Tony, you've been living in my brain with this question here. Tony from Restrained, Tony Masalam. Hey, guys, Happy New Year. Congratulations on the kickoff of season three. I would normally text you, which you would, but since this is a show related question, I figured I'd email you. Do either of you have a kiss related tattoo? If not, what would you get? Where would you get them? And when are we going to get them?
2: Tony. You can Can answer answer first. first?
3: You can answer first because your answer is going to be two seconds
2: long. I know. Uh, I don't have a tattoo. I wouldn't get a tattoo. I think it's a permanent impression of a temporary feeling. And I've said that throughout my whole life. Wow. I've stayed with that. I think I'm cooler for not having a tattoo because everybody in their fucking 80 year old grandmother has a tattoo now, just like our phase in college where everybody had an earring all of a sudden. I think I'm cooler. Cause I didn't have to put it. Never got an earring, never got a tattoo. In all honesty, I'm joking. I don't give a fuck. If you have a tattoo, that's you. I, I to me, I don't want to put something that's permanent. They are like, Oh fuck, what do I have this for? <laughs> like, I can't do it. Everybody else. If you get a tattoo and you enjoy it and it means something to you, that's great. I just like everything in this world everything gets so over fucking done. Like I said, like you're meeting someone's grandmother and they got tattoos all over their back and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Hot granny. (laughs) Yeah, They're not hot Tom.
3: (laughs) All right. So for me, I, so I already, I have three tattoos. So, but Tony, this is funny that you asked this because I am 47 and a half years old. My 50th is only a few years away. And I have already told my wife that, for my 50th birthday, I am getting a kiss tattoo. She knows this. My son was like, oh, that's so cool. What are you going to get? And I'm like, I don't know. Shout so, it out loud cast logo. Uh, I I would do it. <laughs> I would do it. Don't. So I'm not doing it. So Tony, I'm answering your question. No, I don't have one. I'm not sure what I would get. Where would you get it? I skipped that. Where would I get it? I don't know. Maybe on the top of my bald head. Who knows? I don't know yet.
2: Well, I but, thought he was saying, where are you getting, like, what store? I'm like, I don't fucking know.
3: Yeah, I don't. well, maybe he meant that, too. But I know you're in California, Tony. I'm over here on the East Coast. Maybe when all this crazy shit dies down, we can hook up, uh, have a few beers, and go get kiss tattoos. So I'm on board. Zeus, you can videotape the whole thing. We can make it a live stream
2: episode. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> maybe as part of our Patreon, we force <laughs> people to fucking get kiss Shout it out loud, cast tattoos. There you go. Show themselves to us. Or maybe for the Patreon, you can
3: pay for my tattoo.
2: (laughs) Watch Tom get in, but make him get like fucking something he hates. What is something you hate? I'm trying to think off the top of my head of kiss. What's a song there? Something you fucking hate. Oh, you'll have to get psycho circus the album. (laughs) Oh god
3: brutal yeah. tony thank you buddy we love you great question and uh yeah we'll be getting kiss tattoos sooner than later
2: tom where can people find us
3: so our email address is uh, a great way to find us as you can see at the beginning of the show we we love to read those emails and uh if you have a question with those emails it'll be question of the week maybe and that is shouted out loudcast at gmail.com uh, we're on all the social medias. Very, very interactive there. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can comment. You can send us DM messages. We like to read those. We always stay involved. Um, we're part of the great Pantheon podcast network. Tons of great shows on that network, and we're very proud to be part of that family. And uh, you can check us out there. We're on all the big platforms, You know, Apple, Spotify. We're pretty much everywhere. If there's a particular platform that you prefer and you can't find us, let us know. Uh, but we should be able to be found uh, everywhere
2: out there. Yeah. And we hope that you give us one of those five star, star. child reviews on iTunes. Um, it's greatly appreciated when you guys do that. Uh, we prefer if you do give us a shout out, let us know that you have. So we'll make sure that we see it because sometimes if people put them up, they don't show up on our iTunes If you're from uh, outside the United States and we can find it from a different website. So sometimes we have to specifically look for iTunes ratings outside, but please continue to support us by doing the uh, five-star reviews. They're greatly appreciated and uh, very helpful. Another good thing is please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We put all our episodes up on YouTube as well. We would like to keep that going it's a, a big help for us too to get more subscriptions. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you'll have every episode come. And that's helpful too to people to find our show. And finally, we always—I always mention to people DM us. We read a couple tonight, but we always get direct messages from people, and we enjoy reading them. It's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Find us, shout it out loudcast on social media. Send us a message, but the over thing for me, I always like the most is when we get emails. Emails are great. It, like you, you, you guys have no idea how many times during a, a rough day or anything going on or stress during work or something like that, and all of a sudden Tom sees it before I do, and he'll you know say, check out the email, and it just lifts me up. And mm-hmm. same thing to him. Hey, did you see so and so? What they just wrote, and he's like, holy shit. It really is. And so we really appreciate when you guys send uh, us emails, talk to us, talk about episode ideas, thoughts, feedback, whatever. We would love hearing from you guys. And uh, finally, please, uh, like we mentioned earlier, we uh, bring it up. We have a Patreon account. So that's on uh, Patreon.com. You can find it in the episode notes here when you download our episode. And you can also find it on the app patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n check it out if you have any suggestions or comments or anything like that you want to let us know feel free to reach out to us and give us a heads up but uh other than that tom we're on to famous last words you got any
3: this is gonna be tough to read because i'm i'm hearing paul sing it so this is a tough one for me to read Mm -hmm. hands on my shoulders now you're getting bolder your fears are slipping away Each little bite lets me know that you're ripe. You're thinking maybe you'll stay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. All the lyrics on this album are incredibly like for kiss. Yeah. Thought provoking deep, things like that. Absolutely. No doubt. Lyrics from keep me coming. Yes. Okay. Well, this is my lyric. Ooh, cat in heat, <laughs> mistress of deceit, nerves of steel. Her next meal, she's searching for the meat.
3: That that's so good. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say, "Watch out for your jugular vein." <laughs> I love that
2: lyric. I went to that. Yeah, I know. I was having flashbacks. And I think the last few times we were kind of serious with kiss lyrics. Yeah. Like, I
3: want to I get some, some
2: cheesy lyrics. Exactly. Yes. Some, some like sex lyrics. Yes. Wow. Well, listen, Tom, thank you so much, buddy. Kiss Army, thank you. We love you. Thanks for the support out there. Be safe out there. Wear your fucking mask or Pandemic Paul will chase you down on his fucking 10 speed and kick your ass
3: That's true thank you kiss army zeus thank you as always guys we appreciate the support the love please stay in touch and uh we want to know what you guys think of creatures of the night thank you
2: peace out girl scout